Hey, welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2022 is brought to you by the organizational team, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Stories from Chaos Edge is an actual play podcast of tabletop role-playing games. With me, your host, Madeline Colley. In this personal experiment, I'm using my years of player experience to help explore different systems, a variety in gaming, in order to tell stories, either alone or with friends along the way. Fairbase Fun Food Festivities, you go there, have some food, talk to the haunted Furbies, and if you feel like you can provide a fur bever home for that special haunted Furby. F- Fen. Yes, Barnabas. I-, I need you to promise me that we're not going to have a Furby in the newsroom. Oh, God, no. Okay. I have to work there. Okay, good. <laughs> Find Fen, Barnabas, and other Reddington citizens bi weekly on Once Upon a Monster of the Week, available on your podcatcher of choice. One of the oldest laws in Calda is, no machine shall ever rival sapient life in knowledge or ability. For centuries, no one could tell you why. But now, ancient machines have awoken that threaten all of Chell. Join Hector, the Skeletonian fighter. Uh, do you tell chicken fortunes? Wilm, the Cyclops bard. Oh, you're a skeleton! What is that happening? Are you alive? Nyx, the changeling warlock. I can't believe this. This is amazing. This is a tent, but it has a stone floor. And Tass, the halfling druid. All right, let's go. Let's leave this poor man alone. As they unravel the secrets of the forgotten army and mitigate a brewing civil war. Coming August 2021, Legends of Chell, the Forgotten Army. Just because something is forgotten doesn't mean that it's gone. I can draw a picture of us all together. This will be great. Hi, let me tell you about the role less taken. My name is Graham, he and they pronouns, and I am part of an actual play show that uses less rolled RPGs. We are currently playing Sleep Away by J-Dragon using the Uncanny expansion. You can join me, Chris, M, and Mickey on our camp counseling adventures as we try not to get eaten by the lindworm wherever fine podcasts are found. Welcome to International Podcast Month. This episode would not have been possible without friends from Once Upon a Monster of the Week, Legends of Chell, and The Role Less Taken. Join me, Algie, Ivy, and Graham as we playtest an incursion I wrote called Return to Welcome, designed for Trophy, using the Trophy Dark rule set. Trophy Dark is a tabletop role-playing game written by Jesse Ross. In the interest of time, know that we had access to safety tools such as the X-Card, Open Door Policy, and Lines and Veils. It's calling for you. Can you hear it? For whatever reason, you wanted, no, needed, to come back. What do you listen for in the nighttime? What do you see as you sink into the depths of slumber? Welcome is calling. Heed the call, and return. There is a great festival, the Festival of Prosperity, to be held in a few days in the town of Welcome, a dry little town in the middle of nowhere. 
For various reasons, each of you is called back and makes their way there the morning of the festival, with the first stop being a nearby town of Old Rook, the bus the only conveyance into Welcome, especially if your vehicles break down before getting to Welcome. This incursion of Trophy Dark is set in the modern age, with smartphones and cars, with the characters being called into this town for a sinister reason, searching for something they want, with no guarantees of finding what they seek. We're going to take this time here to introduce our characters, people that have been called in their own way to welcome. Give us your character's name and pronouns. We will also see what their occupation is, their background, and their drive. Why are they coming back to welcome? And if you want to list skills and rituals, that's fine too. Okay, so let's start with Graham. Graham, please tell us about Scout. Sure thing. Uh, I'm Graham. Hi, I am playing Scout Jackson. Scout is probably a nickname, but it is the name that they use. Uh, they and he pronounce for a Scout. Uh, they use um, they use their name Scout on their newspaper stories. They are a cub reporter. Uh, I've taken the occupation the writer. Uh, they are. Background is newbie at the current occupation. And so they are the cub reporter for a neighboring town. And I've jotted down a little backstory that uh, Scout kind of thinks this story is like a like a hazing thing from some of the more established reporters of the paper. But Scout is determined to absolutely crush this story. Um, Scout's skills are observation, listening, words, and learning. And Scout has two rituals, uh, Seek and Ye Shall Find and Sound of the Storm. Thank you. And then let's go over to Algy. Please introduce Noah. Yeah, um, Noah Velasquez, uh, they, them. Uh, their occupation is Oracle, um, and their background is con artist. Uh, they're coming back to back, right? That's well. They're they're coming. They're coming back to resolve an old debt. I I didn't do cool notes like Graham did, but uh, I did take the rituals never say and fooling all or some. Thank you. And then last but not least, Ivy, please tell us about Margaret. I believe. Hi, I'm Ivy, and I'm playing. Margaret Van Locke, uh, they, she, and Margaret is the agent, giving them the skills, guns, organization, composure, and their background is newbie at current occupation, which gives them the skill learning. Their drive is to resolve an old debt, and their only ritual is a watched pot never boils which means that paying attention to something guarantees it will not work. Okay, again, this is a playtest of a written incursion, and we will see how this plays out in this modern setting for Trophy Dark. Okay, so we're going to, in this session zero, we're going to do like an introductory, um, trying to go through all of the basic roles that you will need to be able to play this game but there's also going to be uh, uh, 
inroads into the incursion itself. So we're going to concentrate in the main gameplay that we're going to do um, on like probably the last three rings. Um, Trophy Dark as a game is usually done in five rings, increasing points of stress and tension as they're entering into the space, into the place that's haunted. For this session zero, I think I'm going to introduce like the ring or the first two rings, depending on how far we get. So, and hopefully we'll be able to use the rituals, like, you know, play, you know, play these rituals. I mean, like there's no, there's no, um, using up any resources per se, right? I mean, you will be putting yourself at risk, of course, by using a ritual, but again, you're playing to lose. That's part of the principle of, of this game. So feel free and then just like try anything, see like everything and then interpret the best that you can. Okay. And if you do have any questions, like, you know, this is what it's here for. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't hesitate to say, I didn't understand this, or I'm not sure how to go about this. All right. So we're going to work on this together. Before we get started into the rings, before we embark upon this journey into welcome, please narrate your character preparing to do this. What is your character doing the night before you decide to embark upon this journey by car, by train, by bus? You know there's only one way into Welcome itself. You have to go to Old Rook first. Like narrate a little short scene about like what you're thinking about your drive, like why you're doing this. Why would you want to? Uh, I think we find Scout uh, at their apartment just like getting a backpack ready, ready putting together like a, like a PB&J and like some snacks into like a lunchbox and getting like probably throwing their laptop into the to the backpack, making sure the camera batteries are charged. I'm kind of picturing Scouts doing like a, you know, the whole the whole reporting gig is is falling on one person. So they've got like their little digital camera so they can get some pictures to go with it. They've got their laptops so they can type up notes at the story and then they're also packing a lunch because it's probably going to take all day. Um, probably making sure that they've got their like public transit card charged with some some money before they go so the very practical scout's got a job to do and scout is going to crush it so make sure all of my pens and my notebooks and everything i need you have a tv on or you have your laptop open before you shove it into your backpack you hear or see weather reports saying that the nearby weather since you're in the nearby town say dry and hot all day tomorrow Scott grabs a bottle of sunscreen, throws that in there too, puts one water bottle in the freezer. So Margaret is in a in a shitty rundown motel, basically triple checking her gun and her burner phone, counting bullets, making sure thing everything is neatly packed into her her little attaché case, and just kind of cursing the the old man that she's doing this as a favor to because she's out here in the middle of nowhere by herself and she's not even sure why she owes this guy a favor he said go here she went does this have to do with your organization or is this somebody that you know an old colleague called up margaret and was like hey you owe me for x y and z 
Uh, you need to go to this small town. We're going to give you a phone uh, to document, and you need to see what's going on. Noah's not at home. Uh, Noah is at a bar. They have their suitcase all packed up and ready to go and shoved in the trunk of their uh, sort of crappy old car. But they're sitting at the bar, not not having a lot a lot to drink, but like they've got a drink, they've got some snacks, and mostly they're sort of sitting at the bar watching the TV at the bar, um, which is playing some like old made-for-TV movie or something, and they're just sitting there watching it, mouthing along with the words that the characters are saying. As you're doing that, for some reason, you turn away for a second. And as you turn away, you hear a broken recording of the song Stormy Weather start up for absolutely no reason. And then when you turn back to the film, it resumes its normal dialogue. Um, I think Noah trips for a second because there was a break in the film for that for that music and like misses the next few lines that they were going to mouth along with and then it's like okay uh finishes their drink and goes out to their car to get ready to drive because i think they're gonna drive maybe all night i don't know i don't know how close they are this is not this is kids don't drink and drive but they haven't had very much to drink also they're not a good person at this point the players cars have all broken down in old rook the nearest town to Welcome, and they have to take the Rattletrap bus to Welcome to get there in time for the Festival of Prosperity. They have clambered up the hill, some experiencing injury and loss. You all make it up this hill to the hotel. You are bedraggled, you're wet, soaking. The person at the desk is welcoming you there and saying, oh my goodness, you are so soaked. Look at all you, you, all of you. I mean, and then she has like towels and, and blankets ready for you. Um, let me, let me get you, like, let me get you a room. The, the festival's going to be happening in a few hours. I mean, like, you know, you guys need to, you know, get yourselves like sorted and then just like, you know, um, get, get cleaned up. It's like, it'll be fine. I mean, if you need any ponchos, I do have some here. I mean, no, no charge, you know, I mean, it's best enough that you get, that you get yourselves all ready to go now. All right. And so the way this is set up when you enter this the hotel, it's unique where you thought it was taller, but when you actually get up there, it's only one story and you enter this room that has the front desk essentially in the center of this circle. So you enter this and then the rooms, like almost as spokes for this circular central place. So the front desk is like in front of this lounge area that is common to all of these rooms that are in a circle. And she gives each of you a key along with towels and blankets and all this kind of stuff and says, just so you know that we have a landline here and like, you know, if you need to make any calls like for anybody local or anything like that, or even, you know, if you need to like call elsewhere, I mean, it's toll free. Okay. You know, just like anyone, anywhere, you know, that's fine because we understand. I mean, like, you know, the, the ceremony is coming up. Maybe like you, you feel the need to get, just get in touch and, you know, I don't think it, because of the storm outside, I think that you're probably going to have some problem with your cell phones, just so you know. So she gives you each a key and then points out the room that you will be in. 
Each of the rooms is the same. It has like a narrow foyer with a little desk and a chair and a lamp. And then when you go in further, there's the bed with a beat up TV. <laughs> Not even flat screen. It's like one of those like with the CRT. Yes, the CRTs yep. in the back, you know, and a little dresser. It's comfortable, I guess. I mean, it has, an, a, bath, it has a bathroom inside it as well. Um, basic, basic shower, basic toilet, you know. You have the opportunity to take a little rest while you're here. Is there a first aid kit? <laughs> do you do you do you ask the woman like you know at the desk? Yeah. Uh, do you, Do you have a first aid kit or just like the little wrap around bandages or oh, something? Oh, are you all right? What happened, hun? I slipped oh, a little bit. No. It's I'm gonna be fine. It's just I could walk on it a little more easily for the festival if I had anything at all gotcha okay okay oh look you lost your shoe are you gonna be okay with that i mean i, I might have some extra yeah, pair I got, here i don't know you know i got i got shoes in my okay. backpack i got two pairs okay. of shoes so yeah she pulls out from behind the the the, the, the desk um she pulls out like a um <laughs> you know like just like a very basic kit but it does have those those um wraparound bandages in it and stuff um no liniment or anything just the bandages if it'll help you know Ease your ankle. Yeah. Just just to stabilize mm -hmm. it. Uh, yeah, Noah's going to spend some time doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Okay. So each of you find yourselves in the room of the hotel. Again, I mean, like, you know, you have the opportunity to wash up, change, you know. Hopefully the rain didn't get too much into your stuff. Everything is wet. <laughs> yeah. But... I think the sandwich might be dry. Yeah, because it was in a bag. Ironically, <laughs> ironically, the sandwich is is fine, and and oh, and um, Margaret, you said you put the postcard thing. Yeah, in like a plastic like in a plastic bag. bag. <laughs> that is very dry. <laughs> <laughs> These postcards are going to be key to this. Key to the whole mystery. Mm. So no. from here, you can make calls, rest, relax before the festival tonight. So again, she said. Each room has a landline, able to make toll-free calls to anyone, anywhere. Who do you call, and what do you say, being here and welcome? No, but I, I think that, um, actually, Margaret, at first, check, make sure the lock works. Check, like, you know, is this, is this door the only way in and out? Check the bottom of the phone, like, you know, like all the old James Bond movies for, like, a wire. And then call the colleague who who told me to come out here and check this town out. What does that conversation sound like? Well, I think it starts with where what the where the fuck did you send me to, Walden? What what am you didn't even tell me what I'm looking for? I'm soaking wet in the middle of nowhere. What am I looking for? And I don't know if I if it if I'm okay to role play the other side of that or not. You can totally role play this, the other side of it. I think Walden just says that I'm going to keep it vague. Something about anomalous activities. Our employers need to, uh, need to know exactly what's going on. And just tell it just tells me to keep collecting evidence, record everything. Noah is going to open up their suitcase, dig through it to find the least wet clothes. They're all a little bit damp, but like you know, you go to the you go to the middle, and they're the least wet. Um, put those on, 
lay out their spare pairs of shoes so that they have them for the morning, uh, but not put them on right now because it's nighttime. Um, wrap up their ankle, and then just very, very like look at the clock, think for a moment, and then very, very reluctantly go to the phone. Um, and they dial a number that's not they haven't kept in their cell phone, but that they know know by muscle memory, and that is the number to their aunt and uncle's house in welcome. Think I like it if they get the answering machine um, and just heave a sigh of relief and then when the time comes for the message they go, hey, uh, it's it's me, it's it's Noah. Benny couldn't come, um, but I'm here in town for whatever you need and hangs up. Yeah, I think Scout, um tries fruitlessly to scrape some of the mud off of the notebook, gives up after a couple minutes, puts on at the very least as clean a pair of socks as they can find, and maybe a clean shirt, puts everything out to dry, charges up the camera, all that stuff, and then kind of picks up the phone and uh, calls uh, their editor. Random name generator says the editor's name is Kitty Leggett of the the Times Chronicle, uh, and is basically just going to it's just going to like sort of try and recount as much of the day as possible in as many details as possible. And I was thinking about a way to betray someone without like actively betraying them. Cause I feel like that's not exactly scout style, but I think uh, one of the things that scout lets slip inadvertently is that there is an agent of some sort, like a government agent of some sort here. I don't know if that counts as a, uh, as a full on betrayal, but that's something that, uh, Scout will kind of describe, and we'll kind of also just ask if there's any other details or any background on the town that they should know about before uh, covering the festival. Do you want to try to fill in that detail, or you want me to? I am happy to let you uh, let you do some detail. Now, you are from a neighboring town to Old Rook and Welcome. Kitty Leggett is very vague. She is... Oh, you're the one supposed to be getting the story, son. I need to know these details. Supposedly this festival has happened every year, but for whatever reason, this happens to be the year, from what rumors say. And so we need to know what's going on. This could be, I mean, if anything, this could go into the strange and weird section of the paper. But at the very least, I try to get as many details as possible and let us know what's going on. Get this scoop! Okay, so I'm not like looking for like the pecan pie festival. I'm looking for something a little more, a little more out there. Just want to know what I keep my eyes peeled for. All I know is that it's like it happens during this rainy season, which, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, it's dry as a bone out here. I don't know what they're talking about. Oh, it's it's raining pretty hard in here. It's uh, I lost I, well, I lost my first notebook. Um, pulls out a new blank notebook. <laughs> <laughs> is it? I mean, I'm checking the weather around the, around that area. I mean, like it's it it says it's sunny and hot. What are you yes, talking about? I, mean, I can send you my dry cleaning bill when we're done. I mean, you can kind of hear like her her making a face over the phone, <laughs> even though you can't see it. She says, "We'll talk about it when you get back, and you're back here with that story. Get all, all right. the details, son." Okay, I got this. I love that your newspaper canonically has a strange and weird section. <laughs> all the good ones do. All the good ones do. And at the very least, you can always try to sell it to, like, Atlas Obscura or something weird like that. Yeah, you know? exactly. Or weird 
whatever state. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to close this ring out with things to see and things to talk about or think about. Margaret, you take out all the stuff in your bag. And as you're looking at all the things that you've collected and then this postcard, you don't recall seeing this before, but it is here now. When you turn the postcard over that you put into the baggie, on the back, somehow, you missed it the first time. But there's a picture of four kids standing together, their arms around each other, in the foreground of a darkening sky, and all of their faces are X'd out. Definitely gonna take a picture of that in case something happens to the postcard and just quietly turn it back over, maybe. No, and Outside of your window, again, because it's like a single story, there seems to be some sort of courtyard. You can barely make it out. But there's an awning, so there's you can see a little bit of it. It's like cobblestone and such. There's puddles out there. Deep puddles from all the rain that's fallen. You see a figure come out from one of the other rooms, from like around the bend. And this figure is hooded. Possibly the ice cream truck guy? Like the only hooded figure you might have seen. I mean, a hoodie, jeans, it's boots. It's raining. Everybody's got yeah, a hood everybody's on. Yeah, everybody's got a hood on. I mean, you don't know. But you can see this person actually going out into the rain, like almost leisurely, like they're going to take a smoke, but it's still pouring outside. And this person looks into the puddle. Even though your clock says it's 6 p.m., like somehow there's like some sort of light source, a very dim street lamp of some sort around that puddle. And you can sort of see a reflection in it. You can't make out that face, but that face looks very familiar to you. And it's somebody that shouldn't be. Do you know whose face that is? Somebody who shouldn't be here? Yeah. I hope it's not Benny. <laughs> I mean, it could be Benny. It could be somebody different. But you just know that it's somebody that couldn't be here. But I can't make out the face, but I can still... You can see the reflection. I can see the reflection. Okay. Can I say it is Noah's ex-girlfriend from like three years ago, when they weren't in Welcome, when they were living out in the world. Um, who they haven't seen, but who's definitely definitely not in Welcome. He lives somewhere else, like most people in the world do. You can totally say that. What's the name? Leah. And you're contemplating this as you're wrapping up your ankle, like wondering why Leah would be here, if that is her. Scout, do you, aside from like doing the landline and calling your editor, do you try to open up your phone or, or the laptop to take notes or anything like that? I would say so, probably because like, because my notebook is, is now just useless want to try and get anything that I could fresh down in my head. Okay. Um, so I'm probably pop open the note, the laptop, sort of trying to type out notes. Do you have like a lot of tabs open? A lot of um, things? Probably a few. Probably did a lot of like Googling before I came out uh, to welcome, just like tried to find any information about welcome. Um, and I'm guessing based on the tenor of the game so far, I did not find a lot of information about welcome. Mm-mm. 
<laughs> I mean, in fact, you try to do like Google Maps like you did on your phone and it just like kind of glitches and, and spurts out or whatever. Um, or like it has that blank. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually what happens is any tabs that you had open when you before you came into Welcome, they're all blank. Except for one. One tab has almost a music player open, but the music player has the icon of a rainy landscape. Like almost what's happening outside is being echoed in this gif of this icon. And as you're looking at this tab wondering how it got on your on your computer, you hear a glitchy, broken recording of stormy weather start up. You didn't hit any play buttons. It just starts. And it sounds tinny and harsh, scratchy, with the sound of heavy rain, almost from the gif, almost from outside, falling in the background of this song. And then just as abruptly it ends. And the tab goes blank, like the others. Hmm. Pop up in virus scan, run a quick check. No Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so for the reduction role... If you want to consider it now, or if you want to wait until we get into the actual gameplay. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely amenable. I mean, because we could line it up for, you know, the continuation on Monday morning. We can make that roll, and then you can decide how you want to portray that. I mean, the player in me definitely wants to reduce that ruin, because I am... Dangerously close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do also not really know what to do with it. So yeah, I think I mean I mean again you can make yeah. the role now and then we can frame it up for the next time because we have to see if they know that you're gonna be <laughs> if you're gonna be betray betraying them, you know, the others, or if you're or if they're you're just gonna get away with it. So we can do uh, it that way. Yeah, I'll give it a roll. Okay, so mind. yeah, just to just go um uh, reduction. And yep. then let's see how it goes. Uh, yep. Sweet. Okay, so bring it down to four. And a one decide a one. how you're going to give the others up. And it doesn't have to be all, you know, it doesn't have to be the other two. You know, it could be one of them or whatever. As you're falling into the, um, under the spell of this town, like, think about what that means to you because you are again let's go back to your drive you are trying to observe and report unnatural phenomena consider how that falls into giving someone else up Mm. for that (laughs) she did say your editor did say get that story And so I think we're going to close out this session. How would you like to close out your character's rest? 
before they are called in some way to the ceremony or brought deeper into this town of welcome. What do you think they're doing? What do you think they're thinking at this moment? I mean, that scout, I think, is very driven and is just kind of thinking about what the angle for the story, like how to make this, how to make this story work and how to, you know, I don't think they're in danger of losing their job, but like how to make this like a, a career starting type story. Um, I would say Noah turns on the very bad old TV um, and flips through until they find a rerun or an old movie or anything they've seen before and they just like it's it's dark outside they're sitting in a dark room with the tv uh just sort of mouthing along with the things that the characters say to try and you know just being being present in the moment um uh margaret flops on the bed and stares at the ceiling and says i left a cushy uh, DOD desk job for this <laughs> and covers her face with their hands maybe and the rain falls outside almost heavier than it did before when you are out in it and it drums on the roof and the whispers of the wind the howling wind it's ironic really you hear the howling you can see the rain going sideways, but yet there's still something there that that white noise underneath that whisper of something, something coming. You all feel it. You know something is brooking your return here, whether you know it or not. All right. So uh, welcome back. And um we're going to go ahead and do player introductions to see um, the wonderful players that are patient enough to be able to join me for this playtest of my incursion for Trophy Dark, um, Return to Welcome. And uh, we're just going to introduce them with name, pronouns, um, their experience in TTRPGs slash podcasting, and um, anything that they're excited about to, to do for today uh, within the game. All right, so let's get started with Ivy. Hello, I'm Ivy Kasparik, um, they, them, or she, her. And I uh, I started out as a player on the Legends of Chell podcast in season one, and I have now graduated to GM in season two. Um, so we were a, a, we were a D&D podcast. We are switching to icons um, for a few reasons. And today, I am excited um, for some atmospheric uh, uh, terror and existential dread. Sure. Hey, everyone. I am Graham. I use he and they pronouns. Uh, you can usually find me playing on the Role Less Taken podcast. We are a actual play podcast that focuses on sort of medium length, like 20 to 30 episode campaigns we also do a bunch of one shots for sort of lesser rolled indie rpgs and small press rpgs we're currently playing sleepaway by j dragon uh where i play jet the uh former himbo lifeguard current sort of undead mythic daddy 
it is it is a real good time highly recommended uh fantastic game i am i'm kind of excited to figure out how i'm going to uh you know make everybody's day miserable while also being a very chipper and uh, outgoing kind of character and also person hi i'm algae um i use any and all pronouns um i currently can be found on once upon a monster of the week uh which is a monster of the week podcast fairly large cast uh we do it in groups and there's I'm so excited about I mean I'm excited about my group. I'm so excited about the other groups. Um it's edited down to be like sort of audio drama vibes, but we are playing Monster of the Week, uh, which is we're all improvising. It's so much fun. Um I previously played on Voices at Play, which was a podcast focused in on uh highlighting tabletop RPGs made by marginalized creators. Um so that was fun while it lasted. Uh and I God, I love, I I own so many tabletop RPGs that I cannot play all of them, but God, I want to. <laughs> um, I, I mean, today I'm really excited to get to character betrayals. I'll be honest. I was looking at the rules and I was like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Um, <laughs> I'm also excited to tell you all more about Noah because I figured out some of their background. <laughs> totally knew all this whole time exactly what I was doing. As we all do in our improving world, for sure. All right, wonderful. And I'm Madeline Colley, Mads for short. Uh, I use she, her, they pronouns. I am the host slash player in uh, my podcast stories from Chaos Edge, uh, currently doing a lot of indie tabletop role-playing games. I mean, I wanna do a variety. I want to explore that. Um, a variety of story games and um, uh, just like stat-based games um, just to uh, be able to understand and all get the opportunity to play a lot of systems so I really enjoy tabletop roleplay for sure. <laughs> um, I currently have again that podcast um, as well as a YouTube channel that I have I would say goofier <laughs> um, tabletop roleplay games that we play um, and that's also Madeline Kali as well and I am so glad to welcome these players again for this playtest of my incursion that I wrote. Um, so I am excited to get into how they're going to deal with the rest and the remaining rings of this incursion. So we're entering back into the scenario. We have... We are coming into ring three. The storm is severe. The sounds are breaking into your thoughts as you waited out, waiting for the call to take your place among those at the ceremony, at the festival that you know of only as the Festival of Prosperity. As you're sitting in your rooms, waterlogged, trying to dry off, trying to keep yourselves comfortable, you've had the opportunity to Make calls on the landline as your phones or your computers are not responding the way you expect. Perhaps you are drifting into a fugue state. Maybe you're taking a little nap. Before we started this session, I had given the players each an individual question to think about. I would like each player to describe what their characters are doing at this moment 
in consideration of their question. So let me start with Scout. As Scout has an interesting decision that he needed to make from last time. <clears throat> so I think Scout, kind of having finished, you know, finished their phone call, finished talking to their editor, uh, lies down, probably figures, you know, just kind of chill for a minute, but then does wind up kind of falling asleep and taking a nap. And I think in that sort of, you know, weird, fugy, nappy dream state, kind of unlocks a memory of, uh, we talked earlier about the, the ice cream truck reminding them of the, like a childhood terror. And I think there is like a vague memory of like coming to visit like an uncle or a grandparent or like some distant, but still related relation um here and welcome and finding themselves like freaked out and just kind of terrified because this was not something was not quite right but they were too young at the time probably six or seven and just did not know didn't have the vocabulary to explain what was weird about the place um and i think that's where they first heard that uh ice cream truck and i think it's the same the same noise that they hear today that has been sort of haunting them a little bit in that and i think they probably have a nightmare of being chased by the ice cream truck which maybe that happened maybe that was just constructed or reconstructed memory scout you were given the job to investigate and observe this phenomena that has been rumored at this festival the cryptic speech to talk about how you'd be the best person to scout out this phenomena. Looking back, do you think you knew you were picked because you were the best or because you had a connection to the town that you only now suspect? I think Scout is telling himself that they were picked because it's, you know, I think a little bit the hazing ritual, a little bit the like, you know, promising new reporter going out into the field, getting their first big assignment. But I think the more time that they're here, the more they're like, eh, maybe it's something else. <laughs> maybe it's something that they've forgotten. We move to the next room, which has Margaret Van Locke, our agent. You were, you were owed, you owed Walden big to leave your cushy DOD job for a nebulous investigation like this. What exactly was he holding over your head? And was it worth it this whole time? What is Margaret doing right now? Uh, Margaret, I think, is still in the same position we left them in, which is lying on the, the crappy motel bed with their, their hands covering their face, uh, thinking about the decisions that led them to this point. Um, and... I, I think that uh, the the favor they owe is that when they were uh, when they were first in the process of being hired at the Department of Defense, um, Walden was uh, part of that process. He was he was a, a more senior uh, staff member, and he found some unsavory things in in Margaret's background check uh and decided to to let it slide and cover it up and in 
you know, asking for this favor reminded Margaret that now that he's he's gone into this mysterious organization, it won't hurt him to release Margaret's secrets, but it will still damage her career. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's maybe a bit cruel of him, but um, Margaret's got to play ball. Well, I guess they don't have to, but... <laughs> See how that comes into play later, if it does. And Noah, huh. You had visions of this place and the people. You've been here before. You're from here. But when you've had these visions, they're not of the people you knew. What or who is so important about this debt you owe? That you would risk coming back? Um, <clears throat> I think we left Noah sort of sitting in front of the TV watching, uh, watching television. Um, and they, they left town when they were fairly young. Um, and they moved in with their cousin, Benny, who had also left town. Um, and who sort of gave them a start on life outside of welcome um they've been having dreams of welcome mostly with strangers or people who they knew from outside of welcome but one recurring thing and i think they fall asleep in front of the television and have that same recurring dream which is of that fountain in the middle of town and benny sitting in the fountain empty-eyed, just staring out into nothing as the rain falls on him. Um, and they're not going to let that happen to the person who got them out. But they're also not going to let that happen to them. Definitely valid, for sure. All right. So, each in turn... You are again, like, trying to get rid of this feeling of damp that's constantly here. You can't... You can't see very well outside when you wake from your, from your dream state or from your nap or from just thinking about this place in any way that you do. So, in turn... Margaret, you get a call on your cell. Not the landline, but the cell. Do you pick it up? Does the caller ID tell me who it is, or is it... Uh... If you have Walden on, like, a contact, like, like mm -hmm. ID'd contact, then yes, it shows you Walden. Okay, yeah, um, I'll answer it. When you hear him speak, it's as if he's talking to you with like some sort of filter, or that he's got a lot of water around him, like he's speaking with his mouth underwater. You can still understand the words, but they're very... They're in and out on being distinct and indistinct. And what he's saying is, You're from here. 
There's... You... Are... Welcome. You... Belong... Here. Go... To the festival. And join... Them. And then it's... Goes dead. And when you look at the phone... If you had a lock screen saver, whatever it was, is now replaced by a picture of heavy falling rain. Noah, you are perhaps awoken from your recurring dream of Benny in the fountain and the visions of people in this place by a call on the landline. Do you answer? Yes. It's your aunt. But it's almost like she's away, like a distance away from the phone. Like the phone is on speaker and she's standing like more than a few feet away. And you hear her very distantly in the phone saying, I'm so glad you're back. You know where the festival is? Come by the lake. We'll be there. We'll be there waiting. And then the phone clicks off. Dead. Scout. You get a call on your laptop, of all things. Your phone doesn't doesn't seem to be working properly like there's it just says no service and the landline if you if you do decide to pick it up there's no signal on that either your laptop rings do you answer yeah i guess i kind of try opening the facetime app and see if that works and if not just kind of keep clicking on tabs until something opens yeah the facetime app works but it's kind of glitchy like it looks like it's kind of coming in and out but it still works and when you answer the 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 call um it looks like it's your editor because it's like that that contact number obviously is there and the video comes in glitchy as well and then you kind of get every other word as her face comes in and out when she's on the the facetime with you you'll see that she is mouthing something and kind of gesturing, gesticulating wildly and like, you know, trying to tell you something. And it sounds like, watch, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. The agent. The agent. They killed someone. And then it drops dead. The call. And your laptop goes back to the strange weather app. That says it's sunny all the time where you are. So now all of the landlines ring at the same time. Well, let me ask you this. Do you pick up <laughs> individually? <laughs> Do you individually pick up? I think Scout does mostly because it's very confusing that a minute ago it was dead and now it's ringing. So just to kind of get to the bottom of that phenomenon. Yeah, I think Noah would pick up. Okay. 
I think Margaret picks up but is prepared to just slam it down. <laughs> gotcha. It's actually the um the woman that was at the at the um the front counter, the front desk. And she's you know that it should be only one line. Like it's an individual line. It's not like she's do you know, doing a speaker call, like where, you know, she a conference call, I should say. She's not doing a conference call with you. It's like it's as you are talking with her individually because she is saying each of your names, but she's on the line the same time with all of you. And then she says, the festival is going to be in just a few hours. It's going to be so exciting and we are so glad that you're here. Welcome back. Make your way to Maker Hill. And the ceremony will be there. Don't stray too far from the hotel now. You can see the lake from here. I'll give you one last call before before we get started down the hill, okay? And then she gently hangs up. Now, you can leave your rooms. You can take a look around the hotel if you'd like. Let me ask each one of you what you'd like to do at this point after that call happens so let me start with noah noah confusing things have just happened yeah um was it did my aunt say they're at the lake now or they'd be at the lake for the festival i think they that they're going to be at the lake for the festival okay um well noah's going to look out the window and try to see the lake from here to kind of um see what's going on can we see anything through the rain yeah strangely enough Strangely enough, it's like you know, the 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 storm is severe enough, but I mean, the, okay, this body, this lake, this body of water, this lake is very large. And when you slogged up, when you all slogged up the hill, I mean, like, obviously you couldn't see anything just to get your feet in front of the other to get up to the hill, to the hotel. But this is essentially looking out on the other side of the hill. And it's like just the vista is opening up into this large body of water that you can see all the rain pouring down into. And yeah, I mean, it's visible from the hotel. So you'd assume that there's some kind of windy ass path that goes down to this place. But yeah, you can see it from, from your windows. Okay. Um, Noah takes a second to look at the lake um, and sort of get it, get an eye on, where it is and how it looks and stuff. Um, and then for probably the first time since this all started, uh, they sort of clap their hands together, put a friendly smile on their face and go, okay, time to make some friends <laughs> and go out to see who else is in the, is in the hotel, aside from spooky hooded figure who may or may not be their ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, if they run into that, if they run into that person. Yeah, and remember that the rooms are like in a circular pattern around a central mm -hmm. like lounge area. So you okay. know, there's there's the very good possibility that you may run into your fellow bus bus riders. Yeah, I want to go out in the lounge and like maybe get a snack and just look friendly yeah. and try and get people to go to the festival with. Yeah. And you will see that. The woman that had just called you, she's not there. 
but you see like some 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 comfortable amenities you see like you know a vending machine or two you see like a, a, a coffee station with like you know anything that you can think of amazingly enough it's like you know K cup station like you know full brew um espresso espresso machine with like creamers and stuff i mean it's very strange but it's all there and then let's move on to um margaret margaret you got this weird ass call oh, actually you got two weird ass calls yeah what, <laughs> what, what, what would you like to do now um i think margaret's also going to look out the window to see if they can get a lay of the land mm-hmm. and figure out you know where they are in relation to this lake sure um, your room is a little bit offset. I mean, you can definitely see the body of water. This is humongous. And your intel had said, or I should say, didn't say, it's dry. This town is supposedly dry. When you get, like, a map look of it, or, you know, like, satel- satellite view, I mean, it's it kind of comes up blank, but you do not see a topographical indication of this big of a body of water anywhere near here when you looked before when everything was working and then you can also see offset from the from the lake from your window at least there are cars near there but not as many as you'd expect almost as if the cars of the people that live here are elsewhere okay um so but you do see cars and they're kind of parked weirdly like they're offset like they're not like to the curb or whatever they're just very strangely um offset um and you see a clear path out of town which you didn't see before when you came in with the bus there's a like a road paved road easy peasy um, so when we first arrived at the motel, I believe the uh, the innkeeper uh, offered us some ponchos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are those opaque or are they transparent? Um, I believe that they are opaque. I mean, like okay. you know, they're just basic black poncho. You like, you know, so... <laughs> it's like in the little baggie and just like throw it over <laughs> yeah. your, yourself. Um, Margaret's gonna start gearing up for a little expedition. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna put like a knife in one of their boots and. Uh, they are going to clip their gun, uh, sort of the front of their belt in a holster, but put the poncho on over top so that it's not quite visible and, and cut maybe a little slit in there so that they can reach in, grab their firearm if needed. Um, and I think Margaret's actually going to head outside. Okay. Now, to do so, you do have to go out to through the lounge first, and then you would be able to get to the yeah. main door. That's 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 the only way that you can discernibly figure to get out of the hotel. I mean, like not according to regulations, you kind of need emergency exits, but you don't see any emergency exits out of this place. So just so you know, um, small town, small town, you know, yeah. like you know, not not really following code. Sorry, and scout, <laughs> you got some weird communiques there. What? But what are you what are you thinking about doing? I think Scout's got to, you know, get, he's pretty much already ready to go, so just kind of hops up and heads out to the lounge to start taking notes, but I think is also going to start discreetly asking around about any unsolved murders in town. So let's have you all, at this point, be out in the lounge 
almost at the same time. It's like, you know, as you're contemplating like your next action and this weird ass phone call happened from the woman who's no longer at the desk. Strangely. You all find yourselves in the lounge. It's almost like your doors almost open at the same time. And you, you, you go out into the lounge area. Um, you know, like, what do you do? Do you say anything to each other? And the rain's still relatively hard outside. You can hear it on the roof. You can hear some wind howling. I think Noah's going to go directly to the coffee station <laughs> um, and pull out three cups and go, uh, you two were on the bus, right? It's a uh, sort of, you know, been a bit of a journey. You want any coffee? Scout's like, yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, Scout Jackson, I'm uh, from the Cri- Times Chronicle, a uh, couple towns over. Just uh, what what brings you into town? Pulls out the notebook, the new clean notebook. Visiting family for the festival. I assume you're here for the festival too, right? Yeah, yeah. just trying to. I mean, you know, it's such a such a time honored tradition. I figure we need to we need to record this for for posterity. Uh, any anything I should know to expect? I mean, it's been a while since I've visited. Um, if you want to, you can come ask my aunt and uncle during the festival what uh, what they know about it. Oh, that'd be fantastic! Yeah, anything you got, and it'll take anything you've got on past festivals. We got some comparison too. It'd be cool. You know, it's it really has been a very long time since I've been back. I can't remember. It's a festival. Fair Same enough. as any festival. All right, fried dough. Got it. <laughs> Margaret, are you? Have you come out with like you know totally geared up with your poncho on and everything? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think that they're banking on the poncho kind of, uh, hiding most things, but um, they've also got like one earbud in with their little uh you know microphone headset um. And they obviously the phone isn't working, but they are using the phone to record audio. Um, and so I think Margaret is going to kind of not engage with the conversation, but try to be near enough to record what is being said um, before passing on the coffee and probably heading out the door. I think Scout is probably halfway through asking about your name and why you're in town as you're leaving. It's just like... <laughs> Well, fair enough. <laughs> Notes that down. <laughs> no comment from government agency. So, as you guys are having this conversation, and do you remark upon the fact that uh, the woman at the desk is not there? Any of you? Scout might point it out. I'm sure she's busy prepping for the festival and all of that, right? Yeah, makes sense. Writes that down. <laughs> At this point, the storm seems to have died down just enough that you don't hear it as hard on the roof, and the wind has quieted just slightly. And what we're going to do is we're going to have Noah and Scout decide what they're going to do either here or possibly exploring again you 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 two as well have access to the ponchos that the woman was giving out and then we will follow 
Margaret on their little expedition and seeing what they see. As Margaret's going out, and then Scout and Noah are talking in the lounge. Scout, do you have your phone on you still? Oh, right, I'm Scout. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I threw, uh, I threw it in my pocket, even though I'm pretty sure it's just, you know, dead at this point. Okay. But I'm like, on the off chance, the off chance. it's useful. Well. If I need something to throw at somebody, maybe. Mm. Uh, hey, you know, still a self-defense tool because these things are hard. Um, <laughs> and and um, just as a note, and obviously I'll crop this out, but I mean, like, you know, what's really um, good about like zoom and stuff is like you could put your character names in there so this way everybody knows like you know who they're talking to um obviously i don't need to because i'm gming it but i mean if you guys want to change your names to your character names to make it easier to remember oh i'm this character today (laughs) that's perfectly fine it actually makes sense so people know who they're talking to as well all right um anyway so resuming here scout your phone is in your pocket And you feel it vibrate or you hear it, depending on your setting, like, you know, if your sound was still on, you get the sound of whatever ringtone you've associated with your editor. Pick it, pull it out of my pocket, take a look at it and just go, huh, she's calling me a lot today. Try to answer. It actually goes dead like it's just she hung up and then she sends you a text. So I don't know if you have a text ringtone particular to her, but that's what sounds. I probably left it on mute just in case I need to like, you know, I don't want to interrupt the process, the proceedings. Right. And then she texts you, you alone? Uh, I text back, not currently, but can be. We'll send you records. Uh, okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> and you get like a... a another vibration or a ding and uh, it's a file that's just labeled agent or actually not agent I'm sorry a file labeled Jackson it's me and as you're looking at this Noah are you concerned making oh, I, any comments or anything like that i'm sipping my coffee and like trying to lean over and see unobtrusively to see like if i can see what's going on over there gotcha <laughs> all right um while you're doing that your phone if you have it on you will ding or ring or what have you um and it's i don't know if this is possible but if you've associated something specific to benny that's what you hear or feel on your phone. Yes. Uh, Noah's immediately going to stop whatever else they were doing and pick up. Hey. You alone? Give me just a second. Um, and I'm going to duck right outside my room. I'm going to duck back in my room. Okay. And uh, Benny will say when you're alone, you need to get out. This isn't like the other festivals. This is a special year. You gotta get out. I will. But now, you you can't wait for the festival. Benny, look, I know you don't... I know you don't 
believe me about the dreams. But I'll get out. Just stay there. Stay where you are. Do you... I'll be back. Give me like a week. I gotta drive back. What's the name of your ex-girlfriend? Leah? Leah's there. Leah's in town. She can get you. She, she can drive you out. Look, look, if Leah's in town, she's welcome to stay. And... No! No, do not stay. Do not stay for that festival. Like, if she comes to get you, you take that ride and you go. Alright? You go! Okay. Don't make me worried about you. Yeah. Okay. I'll go. You stay there. I will. I will. Just, just make sure you take the ride, okay? I will. And he hangs up. Let's flip over to Margaret. All right, Margaret, where are you headed exactly? Um, I think. Uh, well, I shouldn't say I think. Uh, Margaret is is headed to the lake because uh, they're thinking that uh, maybe if they get down there early, they can set up and observe from like a hidden spot. Um, uh, that's the intention anyway. Uh, whether or not the town lets that happen is another story. I feel like. Uh, but yeah, just um, there. That's that's where they're headed. There's a. There's a few townspeople about, but they're kind of like alone and kind of doing their own thing. Like maybe, like um, like one seems seemingly going to into a store, and then one's like going just walking, um, taking their dog out for a walk. Um, there's actually somebody that 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 sees you and approaches you. It's a little old woman who is dressed for the weather, but not dressed for the weather. What do you see? I mean, okay, so <clears throat> shorter than you. Uh, gray hair peeking out from underneath the hood. But what about her appearance makes you think this is really odd? The storm has, has died down a bit. Like, you know, you're not being pelted from all over with with rain and the, the wind has quieted down enough that, you know, it's not like you're being deafened and you can hear, you know, when she t comes and talks to you. But what about her appearance is odd? I think maybe she looks like... She almost looks like she could be related to me. Maybe she, she kind of almost sort of kind of looks like an aunt that I haven't seen in... 20 years or something. And that aunt is aged, like, incredibly or something yeah. like that. But yeah, I mean, very similar. Very similar um, look. It's almost like you recognized her, but didn't, didn't. It's weird, right? So she approaches you and, and kind of, like, like looks, like, from underneath her hood. And it's like, oh, is that you, Louise? Oh, I haven't seen you back in town in years. Look at you. Oh my goodness. You're so official looking. Oh. Um, I think you've, you've got the wrong person, ma'am. Um, and... Are you sure you look like, you look like little Louise Tanner. Oh my goodness. Uh, nope. Almost uh... like a spitting image. Look at you. Oh. Uh, my name's Margaret. Uh, I'm not even from around here. 
Mm, you do have that look about you. I mean, like, you know, you look like you're, you're, you're from around these parts. I mean, you know, there's a bit of a familiar look to us, I know. <laughs> and she's like, got, her smile is a little wider than normal. Uh, yeah, I, uh, it's not the first time I've heard that, actually. Um, say, do you know, do you know uh, when the festival is starting? Oh, in just a few hours, young, and it's going to be wonderful. And as she's talking to you, you're starting to notice, Margaret, that from her sleeves, I mean, like her, her, I mean, she's been wearing a, 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 a jacket, like a parka of some sort with a hood on it and such. And her arms have been at her side. She's just been like talking to you very pleasantly. But you start to notice that from underneath her sleeves, it looks like there's water pouring out of the cuffs to the ground because you hear the patter first you hear like the, the the drip drip like you know patter of of water falling and you know you think it's part of the storm but again the storm has died down but you can see now as she's talking that water is starting to pour out from her cuffs please make a ruin roll uh, okay. I should have. <laughs> sorry, should have told everybody to have that that trophy roller up. Silly me. Okay. Oh, I I had it up. Okay, I great. Was just like, uh, well, my ruin doesn't go up. It looks like. Good. All right. I mean, bad, bad. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um. <laughs> All right. Okay, so you keep it together. Thank goodness. All right, and um, yeah, it seems like so. Do you? Is there anything else that you'd like to say? I think once I noticed the um, the the sleeves, the the sleeve phenomenon, mm -hmm. um, Margaret's going to try and uh, get out of this conversation and keep walking, okay. um, and start like talking into the, the little headset uh, microphone and just like narrate kind of what the woman looked like um, and at the end say what the, what the fuck <laughs> have I gotten myself into as you're doing that and when you're finishing up your phone if you have it on you mm -hmm. your phone dings it is an indicator that you have an email. Oh. Okay. See if I can open that. You are only able to open the email. You cannot get into any of the other... Like, it still says no service on your cell. And the text message, obviously, like, you know, like, failed to deliver, blah, blah, blah. When you get into the email, though, it is from saying, rainy day, all it says. And to you... And it's a file attachment that is named Records Tanner. And let's flip back to Scout. You got this file with your name on it. Yeah. That's weird. Noah's gone back into their room. Do you stay here in the lounge or do you go back to your room to look at it? I think probably feeling like, uh, you know, we had already made plans. Scout is just going to kind of pop it open on, on their phone and just kind of skim through real quick. 
you know, and sort of skim through quick and then go back and read a little bit more in detail uh, until Noah reemerges. It's basically like it starts off with a lot of your demographic information. It's like, you know, your name, your address, like where you live and, and like, you know, your age and all that kind of stuff. Then when you scroll further down and like take a deep dive into the file, family tree, your name on the bottom. But then when you trace upward through it, you see that there's indications of names that you don't quite recognize because they have no meaning for you. But there's one that says Tanner. There's one that says Evanston. There's one that says Velasquez. That's interesting. Mental mm-hmm. notes of all those names, and is gonna like periodically make uh, make discrete inquiries into those names just to try and piece together what's going on here. Um, are there any? I don't know. Is there any? What kind of a file is it? I suppose is the good, the better question. Is it just like, you know, newspaper research into me as mm-hmm. a person, or is it like a police file? No. Okay, like a background background file. check. Yeah, background research check go further into the file and uh it lists records of these people actually so maybe like um one or two family members per name that was mentioned so tanner louise like the ones labeled adopted Hmm. velasquez still in town and you know living so and so and such and such address eviston is interesting because it's actually for someone that was checked into a an insane asylum, but made local hmm. too welcome. Is there anything about a murder or a mysterious death? Mm-mm. Mm. All right. Kind of probably finishes uh, checking that out about the time that Noah reemerges from the room. Yeah. Quietly slipping that back into a pocket. Right. Noah, before you go out into the lounge again, if you do, you get another text message. This time it's from Leia, and it just simply says, out at the hotel in five. Um, yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be like, hey, Scout, I'm supposed to meet someone. I'll see you at the festival, though. We can talk to my aunt and uncle. All right. Uh... Yeah, uh, I think he hands a card. Like, if you need to call me for any reason, here's my number and info. Does your does your business card say Scout on it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he has no name. Nice. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I'm going to take that uh, and head out of the hotel to try to meet Leah. Yep. Margaret, do you look while you're, you know, out in the middle of the street somewhere or what have you do you go and, and look at this file I, i'll try to find a uh like an awning in front of a building or something just so that i can maybe actually see the screen in the rain yep um and, and try to read this file that was sent to me when you do it looks like it's a bunch of records slash certificates it's of different members of this tanner family and one of the things that is posted is about this Louise Tanner. She is listed as the birth parent of a Margaret Tanner. And the Margaret Tanner baby was given up for adoption and the town 
that your parents live and the name at the bottom of this record listing the adoptive parents is Van Locke. I'm torn on, on how I think Margaret responds to this. Um, I think that does it look like the um, the name was altered? Because the thing is, um, I didn't say it because I didn't think it was going to matter. Margaret's trans. So like they weren't born with that name. So is that are they like because I think that their first thought would just be like, oh, well, this is a prank by someone who doesn't know me because they would know that's not my birth name. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, I didn't pick up on that. I apologize. So, yeah, I mean, is it... Is it, is it like dead name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so if it's... Yeah, all right. Then in that case, um, I think uh, Margaret's going to be really freaked out. And I think that they, they're, they're like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care wh who I owe what favor to. I am going to get out of this town. And I think she's actually going to turn back to the motel to see if one of the other out-of-towners maybe has an idea of how to leave. Okay. I think that really shakes her up. Yeah. You will see, Margaret, that there's a bunch of cars out on the street, and, like, from how you saw it from the hotel, that the cars are parked strangely. Like, they're not, they're not parked, like, parallel parked or properly or anything like that. They're kind of, like, almost as if... Somebody just decided to careen and, like, you know, buy a curb somewhere and then just, like, you know, get out of the car. I mean, if you decide to try any of the car um, doors, you will find that they're unlocked. Uh, that seems almost too convenient. Um, but uh, if, if, the, if there's keys left in the ignition, uh, I think she might try to start one of the cars. They're, like, push-button. Oh, okay. Push button, uh, and then, like, you can see, like, a fob in the... Mm -hmm. Whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, the dash. Cup holder. Yeah, 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 the cup holder. I think if the car starts, Margaret's gonna sit there, and uh, I think that she's actually going to have uh, a moment of kind of a, a con like conscience-searching moment, because I think that, that she's like, this. whatever this is, this is bad. And I know that there's two other people who came on that bus with me. Do I care enough about my fellow humans to, to go back and try to get them out? I don't know if we want to go to someone else while, while they're having that debate or not. Sure, absolutely. I want to go back to Scout. So, Scout. Like, you see this huh? and you're trying to contemplate the records. So, does it make any difference to you? That you have a connection mm -hmm. to this town that you didn't know? I mean, I think the there's still a deadline, still a job to do. Um, so I think it's it's time to go out into the town and I think I've kind of got like a like a primary objective, which is to cover the festival, and now I've got the secondary objective, which is to figure out, you know, WTF is going on. Um, so I think while I'm kinda of walking around, I'm gonna be sort of asking around about um, you know, First question I'm asking people is like, you know, what's the festival like? What's your favorite memory? You know, get some some sort of puff piece questions. But I'm just kind of asking, be like, oh yeah, I've been looking for, you know, uh, old friend by the name of, uh, you know, and I'll sort of flip through like Evanston mm -hmm. and 
Velasquez <coughs> and sure. uh, Jackson, just see if uh, anybody, you know, knows where, where I can find some of these folks. Sure. And uh, I'll say that you start to <clears throat> go out into the town proper and, um, you know, not near necessarily where Margaret found herself, but I mean, like, like kind of in a similar um, throughway, main street of the, of the town. And, um, like, you know, you are starting to approach, like, people that, again, are doing their own thing and, like, kind of walking around. And then maybe there's a group of three that you see that are hooded, of course, because it's freaking raining. So, of course, they're going to be, like, hooded and ponchoed up and all that kind of stuff. The funny thing is you don't see their faces as you're approaching. With that, for for half a second, because I do love doing these cinematic cuts. We're gonna flip to Noah. Noah, I don't know if you're obvious about what you're doing, like whether you're like kind of sidling up to the main entrance of the hotel, or if you're kind of going off to the side. Um, but just walking out, looking like super casual. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you can see like all the way down that <laughs> dang hill that you had slogged through. Um, with your companions yeah. and then like there's like a side road that kind of winds upward from a different direction for a car to be able to come up and you see a car it's it's really beat up looking but i mean like it it's solid it's one of those old solid cars it's like you know you know this is like you know ha like you know domestic steel or whatever and um it's it's making its way up this hill and um you can see as it gets closer that it does have Leia at the wheel. Can I establish something sure. real quick before we go into the yeah. scene? Uh, Noah's background is con artist. Mm -hmm. I would like Leia to be their girlfriend from when they were actively conning people and they broke up because Noah started having these weird dreams and acting strange. Mm. Okay. Now, would you say that Leia is also a con artist as well? Or do was she aware of cons, Prob like basically? Oh, he's, he's good. He, yeah, he's aware of the con art. I don't know if he participated, but definitely he was, like, fine with okay. it. We were living living the high life up until weird shit started happening. Gotcha, gotcha. So this could be an interesting conversation, you know, when she mm -hmm. comes up the up the way. Yeah, let me flip back to, to Margaret real quick. So, Margaret, do, what do you do? Like, what, do, what, do you, what are your plans? I think... Uh... Margaret is against their own better judgment going to drive up back to the hotel to see if Scout and, uh, and Noah are still there and try to convince one or both of them to, uh, to get in the car and uh, head out of town with them. Because they just, they just can't in good conscience leave, leave these other two people behind even though, you know, Margaret has has in, in intentionally not gotten to know them. Sure, absolutely. I'm going to say at this point when you, like, you know, try to make your way up, like you made the decision, you're going like, to see if you can convince them. It's like, hey, come on with me because this, this shit's weird and fucked up. So we're going to see about you taking that, going down that side street that Scout was going to approach. And... As you are approaching in the car, and you see Scout coming the other way, walking. Like, you see the three figures. They're also hooded. But funnily enough, it's like, even you can't see 
their faces. Again, like, you know, storm's not as severe. Maybe it's like drizzly now or what have you. So it's like, why? I mean, it's, you know, it's night. It's, it's not nighttime yet, though. It's really not. I mean, and there's street lamps and all this kind of stuff. You could conceivably see faces, but you don't. Scout, you are walking and approaching these figures. Do you try to hail them from a few feet away, or do you wait until you're almost upon them to approach? Uh, probably doing the man-on-the-street thing, so a little bit far, far away, just being like, hey, it's uh, my name's Scout Jackson with the Times Chronicle. I'm just doing a story on the local festival here. I just want to ask you a few questions. Have you got a minute? You can see the car that Margaret's driving approaching, like, you know, a little bit far away still. And when they turn to your voice, all three of them turn at the same time, raise their head, and the street lamp that they're under illuminates their faces underneath the hoods. And the faces are crying bilgewater tears. And when they open their mouths to talk, there's bubbling black water that comes out. Make a ruin roll, please. Mm-hmm. These have gone very well for me historically. I'm being very sarcastic for those playing along at home. Okay, I think I'm safe because I have four ruin and I rolled a three, so I think I'm good. You're keeping it together? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, All right. But this is what you see. Do you continue to approach? I think I just kind of go, I'll ask again later, and kind of take a, a step or two back. <laughs> they all, as they're doing this and looking at you, you start to see their eyes as well, and they're all like rolled up in their head as they're bubbling black water from their mouths, and it's like all you see are the whites of their eyes. Bleary whites of their eyes, but whites of their eyes they all start to come towards you reporter instinct i grab my camera and i start trying to take some pictures as i'm about walking backwards Risk roll please <laughs> so you're gonna get okay hold on i believe it's like and you have a, a observation yeah okay so you have yeah. observation so you get the light die for that mm -hmm. you get um this is definitely risking your, your body and your mind I would say. <laughs> so you get the dark die for that. You don't even have to use a ritual, but if you want to use a ritual of some sort to see how it works in, you can totally do that. Um, you only mm -hmm. get the one the one dark die, though. Um, and then it, uh, let's first find out from everybody, what could go wrong here as he's trying to get away? This is just the what could go wrong. We haven't gotten to Devil's Bargains yet. Right. Um, I mean, my first thought is, trip and fall mm -hmm. or slip i guess it's, yeah. it's you know slip with and rain. he's going backwards that's even funny yeah. <laughs> it's terrible but there there we go okay it could also oh this it might be too much but there could also be someone behind scout yeah i was gonna say uh, just walk directly into somebody so that could also uh, be another cool. thing that goes wrong <laughs> so many ways so many ways i mean i don't want to lose the camera but that is definitely an option yeah so i mean like i would say you would kind of come like com combining like a lot of it like you know what could go wrong is that you know you could stumble backwards and you could bump into somebody else that looks exactly the same way now 
if you want, you can get another light die to help your roll, maybe. <laughs> if you accept a devil's <laughs> bargain. Now, remember, devil's bargain works by saying, no matter what. So even if even if Scout succeeds at this roll or fails, regardless, it's going to happen. So no matter what. And then if you have any idea for a devil's bargain. I actually had an idea, um, actually based on what Graham had said. Maybe, you know, if you take the devil's bargain, you bust your camera. But, you know, you, you could, we'll say the memory card is fine. You could still get the, the photos that you've taken, but you wouldn't be able to take any more. It's a very good idea. I like it. Yeah, that is good. I'd probably respond with, excuse me, and then walk into the street. <laughs> It's like, then you gotta hope I I can hit the brakes in time. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. Exactly. Um, no matter what, yeah. So I would say no matter what, that you would end up losing. I mean, I'm just gonna do go with a classic. It's like you're gonna end up losing a shoe because you're trying to go backwards. You're trying to like you know to to get away. But I mean, like you know, there's gonna be something in the street that's gonna have you conveniently lose a shoe. Um, We're all gonna be barefoot by the end. There you go. Yep. <laughs> no HP, only shoes. Only shoes. It's fine. It's great. So yeah, you're gonna lose a shoe or whatever. Noah, any uh, devil's bargain ideas? Hmm. I mean, I really like the camera one. What if you drop your phone? I mean, there's so many ways that could go wrong. You could break the screen, and you can no longer see the the info you just got, or one of these spooky guys could get it. I think I would say no matter what, you drop your phone. How badly that goes for you depends on the role. <laughs> nice. All right. So, which of those devil's bargains would you like to accept to get that light, that other light die? I think the honestly, I think the phone feels the most compelling to me. Cool. Although losing the camera also feels right, but I think I might hold on to it for now, just because then I can get some more pictures, and then the camera breaks, and then nobody will believe me for the rest of the stuff that I can say. Exactly. Uh, like that would be happens, the worst. So. Absolutely. So okay. So you're accepting the losing the phone, and then we'll see how bad it is. But no yeah. matter what, no matter what the role is, you will lose the like you know drop the phone. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've at least got the three names in my head. I haven't completely forgotten them okay. yet. All right. So go ahead and roll risk with two light, one dark. Yep. Oh. I apparently am really good at rolling dark dice. <laughs> apparently. So, your ruin goes up <laughs> to five. You may want to consider doing a reduction roll. And then considering what that means to give it up to the town. Mm. What does that mean? You know? Yeah, so your rune goes up to five. <laughs> and now you can do a reduction roll and then figure out how you're going to betray. Which, as mm. Margaret is coming up, Margaret, you do see this. You see that that Scout is trying to get away from these figures. You can't see why yet, because I mean, like you know, they're all they've all turned to to them. But it's creepy because you can see that they're all doing it at the same time. And he's backing away and he's taking his pictures and stuff. What do you do? Um, I think that I I just screech to a halt right next to Scout, and I'm not even gonna like mess around with figuring out how to roll down the window. I'll open the door, and I and I'll say, "Hey, Jimmy Olsen, get in the car." 
I think. For the kids in the audience, Superman's best friend is named Jimmy Olsen. He doesn't show up much anymore. <laughs> he was uh, in Supergirl or whatever. I think, honestly, like, what's going through Scout's head right now is, A, whatever's going on is terrifying. B, this person who's just called me Jimmy Olsen might be a killer, so they might be involved. And C... I need to probably uh, just outrun one person as opposed to outrunning four people. So uh, I'm going to go with the reduction roll and I'm going to betray. I'm going to try and make it so that like make it look like I can't get up so that Margaret gets out of the car. And then as soon as Margaret's out of the car, I'm going to just bolt in the wrong direction. Uh, so let's see how that goes. Well, I got a one. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So do you, do you, do you like kind of like, fall backwards and go ow ow <laughs> you know i mean margaret you don't yeah. you, you have no idea i mean like you know it's like maybe like you know the scouts a klutz and so therefore it's like you know that's uh, of course they're, they're they're clumsy and whatever you know backing up like they did all right i'm gonna say that you do that and then like margaret does not suspect anything weird is happening just, it's kind of natural like you're backing up you're taking photos what's wrong with you man you know, and then so so, what does Margaret do? Uh, I think before, because they're like, do I get out? And so, to the determining factor is, uh, they turn and look at the hooded figures to gauge, like, can I jump out and grab him before they get to him, or what? Um, so I don't know if I see anything different with the hooded figures. Uh, you do. I mean, like you're okay. you're now. I mean, you're now seeing like when you. You're looking out, and then, like, you're kind of looking back at them. That you can see the gushing dark water and their eyes rolled back in their head. You can see this. Make a ruin roll, please. Oh, me and my big mouth. All right, let's see. Goes up if it's currently less than four. What well, was it? it is four, so it's not less than four. Okay, so you're keeping it together because already you've got some weird shit going down, so keeping That's it together. That, uh, and that, you're... that composure skill. Yeah, that composure skill. Oh, yeah, I mean, granted. I would, I would have given that to you anyway, like, calling that up, so that's fine. You're keeping it together. What are you doing? I mean, like, you know, <laughs> Scout fell down, that fool! Um, I think uh, it, it, it seems I feel like it, it Margaret's, like, not in the best shape, but they're pretty sure that they can run out and grab Scout and get back in the car before these hooded figures are really an issue. Okay. Um, and even if they do become an issue, Margaret does have a gun. Uh, so Margaret's going to get out of the car and run over towards Scout. Okay, so stakes. If Scout is continuing on with their betrayal and <laughs> Margaret is trying to do a rescue... Oh, stakes. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I will get back to you. But I mean, this is just... No, I love this. This is great. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. So the way the contest roll works is you are getting a light die for any skills that you are using towards this situation. Then you're getting a light die for every point of ruin that you currently have. And then dark die is if you're using a ritual or you're you know risking mind and body i'm gonna say in both cases yes okay so dark die and then you can add as many dark die as you want to that roll so for instance let's go through each one so for scout yeah one light die because you can use 
observation, I would say, like, you know, that's, that's kind of like a given. And then you would, you, you would add four. So your light die is five. And then you would decide how many dark die to add to the one that you already ha that you will have. Okay, so five light, however many dark. Margaret, you would have same because you would use composure for your skill for the first light die, four ruin, so that's five light die, one dark die for risking this, you know, like for for trying to save Scout, and then however many dark die you want to use uh and now this is a is this a contest this is a contest role okay. because i mean like you know scout <laughs> is actively trying to mess you up and then you don't know this but i mean like you know now it's like staked like will you succeed in doing this right so contest role for definite sure so you each have five light die now you would have to determine like how many dark die you want to you want to roll um i'm gonna i would like to try using my ritual so I'll add a dark die for that. Um, okay. My ritual is a watched pot never boils. Paying attention to something guarantees it will not work. Oh, Love man. it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, okay. And then like you can add as many dark die as you want for that. To that oh, okay. I thought it was just one for that. Okay. No, well, you do get the one for using a ritual for definite sure. And then again, you can, for contest roll, you add as many dark die as you want. But keep in mind, and let's let's read the let's read what's on the tab for contest roll. When treasure hunters act against each other, or in this case, doomed characters act against each other, compete, or want to inflict harm on each other, first agree what's at stake. All right. Then each competing player gathers one light die if your occupation or background gives you an advantage. You only get one one of those, and then you add the light die for every mark of ruin that you have, which we've done. Take one dark die if the contest is inherently dangerous. Uh, yeah. And then take as many additional dark die as your dice as you're willing to risk. Then we will count any dice that comes up six. In a case of a tie, count fives and fours and so on until a winner is determined. Sixes are determined whether you win that contest roll or not. But for every dark die that comes up as one, you're marking a ruin that bumps your ruin up. And then we will describe a condition that affects you from this town all right so you're kind of hoping you don't get ones on the dark die but yet yeah. you're hoping to get the, <laughs> the <clears throat> like sixes enough sixes to beat your opponent That's, okay yeah. so again i mean i'm no statistician so i don't know like how that odd stuff works but five light five light die and however many dark die you want to use well i uh just without adding additionally, just using what I have for my character sheet, five light and two dark. Okay. And that adds up to lucky number seven. Okay. So I'm just going to go with that. Okay, don't roll yet. Don't, but, but <laughs> oh, just, oops. nope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, well, go ahead. I hit the button already. <laughs> all right, so scout, I mean, you're doing contest rolls, so what are you, what are you rolling? Five light and how many dark? I was going to also do two dark just to, to be at least on even footing. Okay. Oh, fun. Okay, so Margaret wins. <laughs> yep. Uh, let me just double check to see. All right, so no dark ones, so that's good. Doesn't look like anybody's ruin goes up if I'm if I'm reading that correctly, so that's good. <laughs> Want them to survive a little bit longer, but yeah, it looks like Margaret wins. All right, so Margaret, 
Okay. You managed to to haul Scout's ass <laughs> up, <laughs> and do you try to throw them into the car? Is that what you're trying to do? Um, yeah, I think that um, since I I'm not like suspecting anything weird, I'm not gonna try and like pull them or carry them or anything. But I'm gonna be like, come on, we gotta get like this this place is fucked. Let's get out of here. Right. Okay. I think um, Scout is just. I mean, Scout is scared, but Scout is also playing up being scared mm-hmm. by, like, you know, like, one step of whatever meter you use to measure scared. Sure. Uh, <laughs> no um, fear no because... fear or stress tracks in this game, and it's bad enough, it's like you got to right, try right. to make it through these rings. It's called ruin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, all right, so so you're you're making like you're acquiescing to get into the damn car? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, because I was, I was a little bit going to rely on the being scared as like my cover for the fact that i was trying mm-hmm. to betray sure. sure i mean and again it's like because you rolled the one i mean you'd like you're not noticed like your betrayal goes unnoticed yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so margaret gets you into the car and then margaret you jump right back in and then like you know start driving the hell away um now remember you did see that one um road that leads straight out of welcome okay and so if you're going to do that, I'm going to go ahead and flip back to Noah because Leia is coming up the winding path. All right. She sure is. All right. So she gets up to the, to the, you know, the side of the hotel that you're, that you've been waiting. And like, you know, she leans out of the, out of the car window and it's, just, it's like, you ready to go? I mean, Benny said this place is fucked. Gotta go. Benny's right. But we can't go yet. What? Why? No, listen, okay, I know... I know things got weird, right? Yeah, but... I mean, yeah, it... He's worried about you. Have... I'm worried about you. I know. I just, I need, I need to... I need to do this. I can't... I, I need to finish this so that Benny will be safe. And then we can go back. And everything will be just like before. Cause I've got it handled now. I know how to. I know. I know what to do now. He's waiting for us. I mean, we we gotta go. This 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 may be your only chance to get out of here. I know, but I think I can do it. I think I can fix it so that it doesn't take Benny and it doesn't take me. I mean, weather reports are saying that it's gonna it's gonna be really bad in an hour or so when this thing that you have to attend is going to start. Are you sure you want to wait around for that? I mean, we may not even be able to get out of town by that time. I... And as she's saying this, Noah, Mm -hmm. you're starting to notice that the arm that's leaning outside of the, the, the car, it's starting to, out of the cuff, it looks like it's starting to leak. Oh, no. It's like, like there's water starting to to trickle out her sleeve. Okay. Okay. Noah's gonna take a step back. What? What is it? Come on, we gotta go. I mean, I don't want you staying here. Yeah. Let me just grab my stuff and I'll meet you. Okay. okay. I, I mean, I'll, I'll wait out here. All right. Yeah. Do you want me to come in with yeah, you? you? Do you need? Right do you need? Do you need me to come in with you? No, you wait right here. Um, and I'm gonna turn around and run back to the. Not not actually run back to the hotel, but run back in that direction and then try and, like, sprint off down another street. And then you hear, like, you know, her 
calling behind you. It's like, no, what are you doing? And then like, you know, as you're, as you're heading out, like the cries are starting to sound less like her and more like Noah. And then like, it's like, like there's like bubbling in between words. Do you look back? Hell no, I'm booking it. (laughs) Awesome. Something has gone wrong here. All right. So yeah, you're, 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 you're booking it into town. I'm going to say that at this point you will book it down the street that Margaret is, is not gunning it necessarily because it's still kind of like smallish or whatever. And there's like, again, these cars are like in weird parking positions and shit. So it's like, Margaret, you will see, um, Noah in the distance, like, you know, um, booking it from the hotel or from around the hotel. And then like, you know, trying to come down this, this main street of, of, of welcome. What do you guys think? What do you guys do? And no, you do see this car, like, you know, starting to barrel down the street. Do I see Margaret and Scout in it? I think you can. I mean, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's very distinct because, I mean, like, everybody else is, like, wackadoodle looking. and But, I mean, you, know, you can see <laughs> um, them in the windshield, you know. No, I was going to see that, hesitate for a second, and go, damn it, and run towards the car. Oh. All right. So what do you do? I think if... If Margaret isn't automatically slowing down, Scout will point it out. But if you're like, oh, oh yeah, uh, that's our person. Go, oh, oh, is that that's Toast Kid, right? Toast Kid. Yeah, I think Noah is their name. Awesome, and uh, probably like like I don't know, roll down the window or open the door or something, and stick their head out and and say, "Kid, get in the car." I would get in the car. <laughs> He's going slow enough that I can get in. Oh yeah, I'll stop. I'll like stop for you to, to like open the door and get in great yeah i'm gonna open the door hop in sit uh where are we am i in the back seat is scout in the front i don't know where anybody is i assume margaret's driving yeah i was kind of picturing like a like an old style car like a one of those cars that doesn't have like a middle console and the and like a bucket seat like a bench seat. oh totally front. bench seat it's like it's that that uncomfortable hard leather i mean like there's some slight cracks yeah, in yeah. it from no from no conditioning or what have you but i mean like it is solid as a rock okay <laughs> this is that big <laughs> that big boat car kind of thing going on yeah yeah so when margaret threw me through i just like kind of slid over to the passenger seat <laughs> all right um i'm gonna hop in the back seat and sort of Second, catch your breath, lean over and be like, "So, uh, hey, where where are you going? We've got the we've got the festival." No, we don't. The only place I'm going is away from this death trap, uh, and I'm going to try to steer us towards that road out of town that I saw from the motel window. I think Scout is a little bit torn, is kind of, but is probably not going to argue because uh, they think that. Uh, Margaret might kill them or hurt them but Scout's like I don't think I've got all the answers for this place but I have probably got enough to write like a weird like half of a story <laughs> um, Noah's going to argue uh, would you like me to explain why because I realize I haven't I didn't manage to explain any of Noah's reasoning I mean you know like you could totally do that in character or out of character whatever you choose Hang on, I have to think about this for mm-hmm. a second. Well, while you're thinking about that, yes. I will Sorry. say, no, I mean, because, like, like, I have um, something. 
as you're thinking about this and like you're 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 like spluttering and like you're just like you know jumped in the car and like you know margaret's like you know pushing the pushing the boat out literally to, for this car to to move along to the to that road you will notice you sense it first in each in your own way i mean scout might because like you know of their observant skills but in the back windshield you start noticing this darkening of the sky the storm has not increased wind has not hasn't changed i mean like nothing has changed except for looking through the back windshield you start to see something monstrous there's some kind of darkening sky behind you it's not necessarily close but if it's not close it's massive because what starts to form is this cloud of if it was white it would be like so adorable and fluffy and so cute but this is not this is dark it's gigantic it's substantial it is literally dark clouds being angry coming up from the horizon and then rising into the sky billowing in slowly but it looks like it will envelop from where it's coming from and it looks like it's on its way to chase you yeah it's got the camera out and is recording the <laughs> it's doing the storm chaser bit yeah, i mean if that like um, and, and like that's a phenomena <laughs> for sure <laughs> uh, so but it's also probably saying to um it's kind of like what one elbow over the back seat with the camera and is like uh i don't I don't really know how to do like the the whole storm chasing bit but like we've got a big old cloud coming right up behind us margaret you see this in the rearview mirror and noah after you're you know getting your thoughts together and if like you happen to peek out the back window to see what scout's doing how are you feeling <laughs> seeing this uh i think that margaret is like okay well we're gonna keep it in the rearview mirror try and go as fast as we can away from that you know it's gonna look and see that everybody else is also like super freaked out and be like it's not going to let us leave until we finish this finish what the festival that's why i'm here that's why we're all here i i'm here because uh i i mistakenly let a man have power over me I didn't know about I I don't know what is going on. I I don't know anything about this festival and at this point I don't want to know anything about this festival. I don't think you're going to be able to avoid that. Um which point? I think Noah Okay, out of character. Noah's been having dreams about Bunny being sort of taken by the town and Noah thinks they can substitute someone else in character. And I was going to say, listen, I'm from here, and there's the festival, and then there's the festival. We've been brought here. We have to see it through. Look, I know we barely met, and you're not going to believe me. Sometimes I can sort of see the future. And I know we're supposed to be here, and it won't end until we finish it. But the future is changeable. We can't leave yet, but once it's done, if we survive, 
we'll be able to get out of town. If? If we survive? If we survive, I, yes. I don't let... I. It's not something I want to gamble on. Look, if we really can't leave, then we're going to end up there anyway, so I don't see any harm in, in taking the road. You know what? Fair enough. Um, and Noah's going to settle into the back seat because they they need these two. <laughs> As you're buzzing out of town, you now pass the town fountain. It is now spewing dark water, mixing with whatever is going on with the storm. It's flooding the street, which now you see has cobblestones covered in black ichor, almost as if the rain has washed away layers of grit to reveal what has been underneath all along. This cumulonimbus cloud formation behind you is chasing you. It's increasing. It's enveloping that part of the town almost like a dark fog that is trying to encircle the town. But the road in front of you is still clear, relatively. There's still storm ahead, still the clouds, the gray-green, and even in the car with the windows rolled up, you can still smell it. But that also may be partially because of the damp from your clothing, from being waterlogged earlier. As you're taking this this barreling trip down this road out of welcome, what are you thinking about after seeing everything that you've seen so far? I was just going to say, I think Scout is starting by thinking about, like, uh, the stuff that they read in the file, and then, like, starts noticing all of the stuff going on. It's like, I've seen horror movies before. I know that. And kind of says aloud, look, I know in horror movies everything kind of always falls apart because somebody's keeping secrets, so, like, here's what I know. And lays out all the stuff in the file, but still keeps a secret about the whole, like, uh, call from my editor about uh, the agent being a killer. So it's like, I'm going to keep that one card in the back pocket, unjustifying it to themselves as, I don't know if that's 100% true, so I'm going to leave that out. But just be like, so my editor sent along a background check file that had a bunch of names that I had never heard before, but at least according to background, they're related to me. Um, And kind of mostly looking at Noah being like, I know... You said no. Your last name is Velasquez. Apparently, you were a little bit related, somehow. And reaches for the phone, realizes the phone is gone, and goes, "Look, you'll just have to trust me. It was on the file that my editor sent me." Um, do you know anything about the names uh, Tanner or Evanston? Would I know anything about the names Tanner or Evanston? You would know that they're kind of distant relations to yeah. your family. And they're yeah, yeah. They're distant cousins or something. I don't really talk to most of my family much anymore. That I blame you if they're from here. Uh, they're probably a little weird. Um, background said that this Evanston person had been institutionalized. That's basically all the info that I have on them. And then I don't know. I. I had the name Louise Tanner, I think, in my notes. Margaret. Was that right? Uh, yeah, no, I, w- I was just waiting for... Uh, I, I was... Uh, um, I think Margaret's going to say, yeah, I guess this is just a, 
a big old family reunion because according to what I have, I got apparently I'm a tanner. Um, and I think they're going to, since they're driving, they're just going to sort of like grab their phone out of whatever little pouch it was in and, and kind of toss it to scout to look at, um, the email. Uh, and, and then probably after a couple of moments go, Oh, right. That's, um, my that's my my birth name on there so that i don't think you guys even know what my current name is though actually i just realized that out of character yeah the agent uh, right <laughs> that's your name. Uh, uh, sorry yeah so my name now is margaret but that that birth name of that uh that adopted child that's the name i was born with and then that surname those those are my parents apparently i guess i'm adopted uh, I guess welcome to the family. Um, we'll have to, I don't know, have like a cookout or something when we get out of this. So, all right. Um, I guess where do we go next? Do we go... I mean, I am I am on team Let's See This Thing Through. Um, especially because my story is not very good at the moment. I've just got some weird photos. I have a lot of questions, and I don't think I'm going to get answers... Uh, back in uh back in my hometown so i'm on team let's see what's going on here because this is points out the window this is this is this is some shit yeah and that's why i'm on team i'm in the driver's seat (laughs) as you're driving down i mean it's darkening of course because i mean it was already strange time according to all of your timekeeping um, varying times in the afternoon and then now it's really dark and Margaret as you're driving you do see one or two cars on the road but as you're driving you see the same cars on the road that you'd passed maybe one's like you know a red Volkswagen maybe one's like a blue Corolla they're the same cars that you're passing every time ice cream trucks not yet i think margaret is going to try to ignore it and wait till one of the other two points it out um they're not they're Um, not gonna acknowledge they're gonna be they're in denial noah can noah also Mm -hmm. see this yeah noah's going to lean forward and like put their arm on margaret's like the the rest of Margaret's seat and go I told you it's not going to let us go I mean Scout mentioned horror movies and it's not unlike that it's already all scripted and it looks like the cast is me and my cousins here Um, I think once someone says it Margaret can't deny that, that they're just they seem to just be going you know, past the same three things, like Flintstones cartoon background. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that they're going to fine and like uh, just do like really hard stop three, the most aggressive three point turn and then head straight back into the town. And before you know it, you don't pass those cars again. You find yourself by the fountain, which is still spewing black water, but you are also by the roundabout and 
You hear it before you see it, and you hear the tinny, dissonant noise of the ice cream truck. But this time, instead of that theme song that was reminding you of different things, it's a broken version of stormy weather that you hear approaching before you see it. And when you see it, like the street lamps are all on, but again, it's just very strange, like this weird pall has set across the darkness. And it's almost like looking at what's in front of you from behind a sheet of water. And this ice cream truck comes out of nowhere. There's a hooded figure driving it. The broken version of stormy weather um, sounding in the air, waterlogged air, mind you. This time you can not only hear it, but you can see it. There's a picture on the side of the ice cream truck. It reminds each of you of something. What does it remind you of? And out of character, it's like, you know, think of your drive. Think of what brought you here in the first place. I think uh, there's like a uh, like a really old like promotional image or advertisement for a particular novelty treat and uh the it, the picture the guy holding it is like looks like a very stylized version of uh walden brooks um the man who who sent me here i'm kind of thinking of the mascot of that particular treat i'm trying to figure out what exactly <clears throat> What exactly would be a terrifying mascot, but it is something that has like that uncanny valley, like, uh, like Chuck E. Cheese animatronic style. That's like, if you're a kid, would be kind of cool, but kind of terrifying. And the older you get, the creepier it becomes. Um, so it's something like that. I don't know. I don't think mouse feels right. I was kind of thinking like some sort of wolf, like cartoonish wolf, which is, I think, the shape of the childhood fear that scout had just that like feeling of being chased by something that's a little too fake to be real but sure looks like a wolf and sure chases like a wolf that's so spooky um <laughs> noah yeah noah remembers um being a child and their cousin benny buying them ice cream treats maybe with this specific spooky little wolf thing on them you know which is cute when you're a child they they think about that and they think about benny and they just very very quietly go family is family and that should be enough as it drives past you and you're thinking these things it goes follows the roundabout and then goes to the other entrance out and then you can still hear the tinny noise of stormy weather drifting on the wind even after it's left your sight. We had entered ring four before we knew it and now we enter ring five. You continue driving where you can see the hill now and you go past the hill towards the lake and there's a field next to the lake. It's a little bit outside of town it was visible from the hotel hill. And 
that lake, as you approach, looks immense. And you see now, there are dark pillars adorning regular intervals around this lake, like sentinels guarding a base. You don't recall seeing those dark pillars before. You can hear before you see the townspeople that you didn't quite see before, hooded figures that were wearing parkas or ponchos, what have you, because of all the rain. They're trailing away from you as you drive near this field. They're trailing away to this field outside of the village, the town. I mean, where was everybody before? There are those that are going to each dark pillar to almost um, form a pilgrimage around the lake, almost taking their places around each part, each section by a dark pillar. And you can't tell where some of them are coming from. They're not all in a line. They're almost like coming out of this fog, almost out of the damp. What do you do? You're all in the car and you're driving up. Nobody seems to make any comments, even those that are, I mean, they're all walking and no one is looking at you. Dad is taking pictures of everything. Um, I think Margaret's going to look at Noah and say, so what, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to go to the festival. What does going to the festival entail? Is this not the festival? Scout says, kind of gesturing at the like the whole pillar configuration. I mean, it's the start. We're supposed to go through the whole thing. I listen. What I what I can see is only so much. What I know is only so much. But I know we're supposed to found. <laughs> I know we're supposed to sit through the whole festival. I think I'm supposed to take you to my aunt and uncle. I mean, can we just sit it out in here uh, in the car and just watch? I mean, I feel like we could try, for... but I don't think that would work. From inside the car, you can start to hear chanting as more roped figures pass the car. And it's more discernible the closer they get. And in the rearview mirror, or if you look out the back windshield, this monstrous cloud, and in fact, somehow you know in your bones, in your mind, that that is what it's called. It's called the monstrous. The monstrous has now circled behind you and is making its way around the lake near the dark pillars it's almost like it's releasing some of these townspeople that are in in hoods and robes as they approach the dark pillars and the lake and then some now start to pass by the car and are looking towards you almost in a trance so some will look in the car and then go on some will look in the car and stop and those people with the eyes rolling back into their head and their mouths starting to gush water and some that actually have bloated skin as if they are filling with fluid some will 
place their hands on the car and gently start to rock and push, their mouths open, the water gushing out of their mouths and the bloated skin starting to bubble. Everyone make a ruin roll, please. Ah, fuck. I succeeded for a change. Alright, so what are you up to now, Noah? Were you at four, or...? I'm I'm at four okay. now. Right. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I'm with everybody else now. <laughs> Still not bad. It's when you're at five that you're at knife's edge. That's where things get I mean, really fun. <laughs> we're on the edge of five. Yeah. <laughs> So they're rocking this car and the ones that are opening up their mouths with the water gushing out, dark water gushing out, you can hear them say, the ones that are closest to the car, they're saying, come out and join us through the bubbling water. Do you still think we can stay in the car? Well, it's kind of hard to get out when they're standing in front of the doors like that. Do you say that out loud? Uh Okay. Um, Not with the laugh, but... When you say that, the person closest to your side will make a gesture of lifting their arm up, and then everyone stops. And then that person will reach down and then try to open the door. Like your door. I'll un- unlock it mm-hmm. and let them open it, but I gonna have my hand inside my poncho on my gun they will step back from the open door and in unison they will all gesture out towards the lake i'm gonna look at at scout and noah um and then get out of the car but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go anywhere until they get out too probably i'm starting to figure out why there are no yelp reviews for any of the places here it is a blank slate when you look it up on Google <laughs> Google Maps. <laughs> uh, some weird service around here, Scout says, getting out of the car. There's people that are nodding as you all get out in your own respective doors. And there are people that are saying to you, You are always welcome here. You are always welcome here. And they're smiling through the through the dark water gushing out of their mouths. Don't see anything except the whites of their eyes. The little old lady that, that you saw earlier, Margaret, she comes through the crowd to you and reaches out her hand. Her eyes are still visible, but the water is gushing from her sleeves, from the sides of her mouth. And she reaches out for you. She holds out her hands. I told you. I told you. You're little Louise's kid. You look so much like her. Welcome back. Uh, Scout, one of the people that you had sort of seen earlier, one of the hooded figures, will actually, like, you don't recognize them right away, but... They will clap you on the shoulder and turn you to face them. You see the same stuff, like eyes roll back in the head and the mouth uh, gushing with water. Welcome. 
Welcome back. Uh, thanks. I'm I'm with the press. Is there like a press area I should go to? <laughs> kind of pointing like over there, maybe. The hand on your shoulder tightens. Nella, you can hear in the in the back, not necessarily near you right away. Noah, Noah, come, child. It's gonna be starting yeah. soon. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm sorry, Margaret. <laughs> what do you do when the when the little old lady comes comes to you? I was just gonna say I, I don't think Margaret says anything and maybe like takes a step back from the old lady, still very suspicious of of actually going through with being here and whether or not this is this is the right thing to do. You hear the chanting in the background, and the little old lady drops her hands and still gestures like everyone else towards the lake. And again, the monstrous is appearing quite near. Again, as if hurting all of you. Not just you, but the hooded figures as well, towards the lake. You can hear the chanting. It's more discernible as you get closer. Do you follow along with the rest of the the roped figures? I think Scout kind of tries to break away from the person who's who's grabbing their shoulder earlier and and tries to kind of keep close to Noah and Margaret, or at least as close as is possible, given the crowd. I mean, they'll back up. They'll let you. They'll let you three, you know, kind of mingle. I mean, everyone is like kind of turning away from the car now that you've gotten out, and heading down towards the pillars and the lake. Yeah, I mean Noah's Noah's walking. They're they're keeping an eye on on Scout and Margaret to make sure that there's they're still here, but they also, you know, we're we're here now. I think Margaret's gonna start uh, recording on their phone again, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like put it in a like a little pouch or something, and um, have their headset in and be like, "Well, this might be the last evidence that I ever existed." Um, and I also think that. You know, if we're going to walk down towards the, towards the lake, Margaret's going to try to kind of be like the last one of the three of us. Sure. Kind of at the back, watching everyone in front of them. Now that everybody has gotten your attention and, and has gotten you out of the car, they are now having excited looks on the faces that they have, the distortions of, of bloated... of. Um, bloated expressions and gushing water and eyes rolled back into their head and they all advance towards the lake you three may be the last stragglers of this but as you approach you can hear the chanting of these figures it's more discernible as you near the pillars the foot of the pillars by around the lake you realize it's not English. The language is lost, but you understand in the marrow of your bones, each of you, what the words mean. You don't have to know the language. You feel it. And what it's saying is who you are, who you were, no longer matters. Once you're here, 
You are always one of us. You are always welcome to stay as part of us forevermore. And it's a continual chant. Hey, uh, hey Noah, this isn't one of your one of your weird dreams, is it? You think this right now is a dream I'm having? I'm just kind of hoping, honestly. I hope I'm in your dream. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what, Scout? Maybe it is. That's honestly less comforting than I hoped it would be. So, <laughs> good times. Um, everyone, do another. Uh, everyone, do another ruin roll, please. I just squeaked by on that one. Hey, guess what? <laughs> well, mine went up. Mine too. Margaret's keeping it together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will give it give myself the fact that asking if I'm in somebody else's dream does not really sound like the the thing somebody who's keeping it together would ask. <laughs> so as this chanting is going on, you see that those are that are closest to the um, edge of the lake, at the foot of the pillars, they are starting to drink the water of this lake. And as they are doing so, they are going into the lake to go further, closer to their feeling and what they're hearing. A water spout starts to form above the lake and it's creating this black spiral of water and storm as these roped figures are entering in. Noah, Scout, mm-hmm. you've reached, I believe, the five ruin. We've both reached five, mm-hmm. yeah. So. You have the opportunity to do reduction rolls to lower your ruin and not be completely lost. But what will you do to give up your companions to welcome? And you don't have to do a reduction roll, mind you, but if you want to lower your ruin. This would be a good time to do it. Um, I think since Scott was just asking if this was a dream, uh, <laughs> Noah's going to put a hand on Scout's shoulder and say, listen, to get through this, we have to do what they want. Just go join them. Um, and sort of they're going to sort of gently push Scout toward the water (laughs) go ahead and make a reduction roll first okay you decrease your ruin and your betrayal goes unnoticed I think like as a player I'm like well my reduction rolls have been pretty successful so far but as a character I'm kind of like I feel like I would buy my new cousin, so I'm trying to like figure out whether I want to betray them or not. <laughs> You're trying to decide whether you want to reduce yeah. your ruin or not? Aww. Or do I just kind of, you know, float with it? Take it. I've done that. I've it. actually, I've actually yeah. floated on the knife's edge for that. So, I mean, that is up to you. You don't have to do a reduction roll, but again, to reduce your ruin, 
you must and then you must mm-hmm. betray but uh i think i think scout is too in at this point too invested in figuring out the truth of what's going to happen so i think what they might actually do is pop out the memory card for their phone or for their camera slip a new one in because you're always prepared you've always got multiple but hand that memory card over to um Noah and just be like listen if i don't make it out of here get this to my editor to what's her name kitty leggett at the times chronicle she'll uh she'll figure something out and then goes back to recording very that's very interesting to me that you did that because i was actually waiting for a moment where i was gonna ask uh margaret was going to ask scout to like hand over the camera or something just so that it wouldn't get wet in the lake and be lost no it just straight up puts that memory card in their pocket they don't have a little baggie or anything (laughs) (laughs) and your clothes are probably still wet (laughs) double betrayal betrayal. it's like oh oh, whoops wait a minute I think Scout's just like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> They'll probably be fine. I mean, how funny is that, though? Because it's like, you're looking at Margaret. Margaret's, like, right near you with the poncho and, like, everything protected. <laughs> it's great. No, 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 it's fine. It's it's it's, it's wonderful. I'm sorry. I'm kind of figuring that Margaret's already got some evidence of their own. So, like, well, kind of going, yeah, spreading, spreading the risk. Sure. But also, too, I mean, like, you know, I'm sure you... I'm sure Scout still doesn't trust Margaret, kind of knowing what they know. Um, yeah. Scout trusts Noah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Every, every, every damn game I play, I play a character who is inherently a bad person doing bad things, and people trust them. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, it's, oh God! I I there's a type. I've got a type. Hey, you gave me coffee. Yeah, like, I mean, know? hey, I would I would love to know what my type is, but you know, like now you know what yours is. It's great. It's wonderful. Oh, God. Shining through. Awesome. Okay, so what is Margaret doing? Are you nearing the lake? Are you hanging back? What are you doing? Uh, Margaret's hanging back. Um, they're not gonna go in that lake. Um, of their own accord. <laughs> Someone's going to have to force them into that lake. They're, they are, as far as they're concerned, they are fulfilling the obligation of attending the festival by watching. Finally, Noah's aunt and uncle come out of the crowd to find you, and your aunt holds out her hand. It's like, we are so happy to see you here. This only happens I... once. Every, every few decades or so you should feel honored Noah's aunt and uncle I know his aunt and uncle also all bloated and and yeah watery. I mean you can tell it's them oh. but I mean like yeah they're they're experiencing yeah. like the yeah. the same conditions as everybody else cool yeah yeah definitely um I've brought have you met Scout and Margaret no welcome and she means that so sincerely. Welcome. Welcome to you all. Thanks. Weird town you have here. It's your town too now. When you're here, you're always welcome. That water spout that formed, it starts to lower. It's creating again this black spiral of water and storm. And the ones that are, the roped figures that are at the edge of the lake drinking the water are being swept into it. 
you can see this water spout starting to take these figures, their, their robes or their hoods or their coats billowing out around them. And all of them are pointing their faces to the sky in this spiral, towards the sky. Can't see them, but then they're starting to reach out and up to the top of the spiral, and they're disappearing into what is the monstrous, which has now encircled the entire lake and above. Your aunt and uncle are urging you to, to come down to the edge of the lake now. That... Um, fellow that you ran into as part of the hooded group at the street scout is starting to urge you forward. Not touching you before, like before, but just, come on, let's go. We can return. We can go back. They'll push you into the lake, but they won't like touch you if you're not comfortable with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Margaret, I mean, now there's other hooded figures that are starting to get closer to you. Again, not touching, but just kind of pushing their way forward. Kind of carrying you along with this wave of people. Do you let them? No. Okay. <laughs> you, you guys go on ahead. I'll be right behind you. <laughs> and then they're, they're uh, urging you on. They're not looking at you. They're staring up at the, at the ecstasy-inspiring spiral that's in the, in the, uh, over the lake saying, but, but no! You have to go! You have to go with us! Come with us! It looks so beautiful from here. And it'll be so wonderful when we rejoin everyone else. Come. Come now. Let's go. I think Margaret's gonna start backing away. <laughs> I think that maybe Margaret's gonna chicken out and run. <laughs> okay. Alright. Risk roll. Okay. So... Um, light die for hell. You can even use guns if you really want to get violent about it. I mean, you know. I I'm I'm like keeping <coughs> that as the last resort, but okay. I I am thinking about. Okay. It. So anyway, like we'll we'll start with composure as yeah. your light die, and then your dark die, of course, is like you're definitely risking your body on this one. Yeah. Um, because they will push you forward. They will they will try to encircle you and and um bring you with them. What can go wrong? Everybody pitches in on this one. What could go wrong? And then we will deal with Devil's Bargain if you want that extra light die. Okay? So, what could go wrong? You try to get away. They, you know, they grab you in their gentle welcome way and push you forward to go along with the crowd towards the lake. Um, we're on a hill, right? Uh, no, like above the you know the, the hill was somewhere. Yeah, the hill was like the hill is now behind you because this lake was on the other side of the hill from where you guys first came in to welcome. Okay, so it's not like we're on we're on the hill, mm. but but the lake is at the bottom. Yeah, the lake is at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Although, how funny it would have that been if I said, "Yeah, you're on a cliff." <laughs> no, I meant like we're still on the slope of the hill, like like because Margaret could trip and fall oh yeah 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 towards the lake. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I can say, like, it's, because the lake is, is essentially forming in a recess of this place. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, conceivably there could be a whole bunch of, like, you know, even small hillocks that they could trip and fall and all this kind of yeah. stuff. So. You just, you just go downhill because that's the easiest way to go. <laughs> I mean, the, the harder way to go would be the opposite direction, straight into the cloud. <laughs> Which, I don't know, it's in there, but it doesn't seem like a good place to be. 
although out of character, I will say, and I will tell you this, the wonderful thing about rituals is that, you know, you take what's written there and you interpret it and make it your own. You can take the opportunity to use a ritual for that dark die and then see what you can make of it. I don't know. Uh, I want to know what a devil's bargain looks like. Um, so for things that can go wrong, obviously, you know, what can go wrong? No matter what, I think that Margaret will, and this is a weird devil's bargain, so just bear with me. I think no matter what, I think being here at the edge of the lake, you know, witness in this ceremony, most likely participant at this point, you will understand the nature of being welcome. Once you're trying to get away, something will happen that will make you realize what it means to be of this town, even though you didn't know that in the first place when you came here, when you were, when you owed somebody to come here. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that uh, devil's bargain, and I think I'll just roll with that. With what I've got there. Two light, one dark. Yep. All right, here we go. Let's see. My highest was a four. So what the four means is that you succeed to break away, try to turn and get out, but there's a complication. So, and this complication will be wrapped up in the devil's bargain. So, um, I want to find out first, before we get into your, you know, the completion of that, I want to find out what the other two are doing. Scout is saying, yeah, just give me, uh, you know, a couple dozen demonstrations. Let me uh, get, get a good picture for the paper, right? Like, using the camera as a, as a shield, almost, to let other people go first. I mean, you're witnessing this all, and, you know, you can be pointing the camera at the spiral, and mm. you can see all the people, like, pretty much, like, you know, looking like they're, like, riding this thing all the way up <laughs> into, the, into the monstrous, so... You got it all. You're getting it all on video. Oh yeah, I'm just trying to let other people go first, you know, because I gotta, I gotta stay in document. Noah's, I guess, walking along by their aunt and uncle, sort of pulling, pulling Scout along too, so they don't get lost in the crowd. Um, and just sort of like, yeah, we'll, we're, we're coming, uh, but you, you go right ahead and. Show me what to do. It's very simple. As your aunt and uncle are flanking you, Noah. Very simple. We just have to rejoin. Rejoin our people. We drink the water. And we ride the spiral into the storm. And we all return to welcome that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and playing off that earlier betrayal. Yeah, Scout, you hear we're just supposed to drink the water. Uh, cool. Let me get my water bottle out. <laughs> Going back to Margaret. Margaret, you break away. I mean, you're using your your fighting skills, like you know, in a in a not overtly aggressive way. You're just like you know, you, like you know, everything that you'd know to get away away from people's grip or hold or anything like that. You break away and you turn and you run. You don't know where you're running. You're just, like, running. And then you run into the monstrous. You enter into this space. You feel it immediately as if you're getting 
surrounded and sucked in at the same time by this fluffy, full thing. And it's affecting your skin. As it hits your skin, like any exposed areas of your body, you can feel it like, you know, burst into these little droplets and absorb into your skin, your face, your nostrils, any place that you can take in this atmosphere. And you know, you see, you feel that connection to these people, these people of ancient days that suffered something so cataclysmic that the only way they knew to solve it was to make an entreaty to a god that absorbed them all to save them from their fate. And this is what they have to do every few decades to stay alive. You are experiencing an ancient memory. You are one of these people. And you are also yourself. I don't know if... I'm pretty sure that Noah and Scout did not see this because Margaret was behind you. I think as you are approaching the water, you sense that you don't feel Margaret, at least here, at this moment. Do you turn and look? I mean, if Noah no longer senses Margaret, they're going to turn and call Margaret. Did you hear about the water? Behind you now is the monstrous, the dark clouds. They are behind, above, and around. If you reach out and touch it, you can. And you, if you turn to your aunt and uncle, they're, they've already headed down to the lake and they're starting to lean in and walk in and starting to drink of the waters. Scout, what are you doing? Are you letting the camera still be your, your sight rather than actually looking <laughs> at everything? I think I'm definitely still kind of pointing the camera, but maybe I'm like... Um, I don't know, there's a part of me that wants to poke the cloud and see what happens, and then there's a part of me that wants to try and fake a uh, fake drink, use my like water bottle, but like keep it plugged up and pretend I'm filling it up, and then pretend to drink. It's up to you, okay. Margaret. Go ahead and make a ruin roll for me, please. You are. So, I think I'm gonna. So keeping it together, roll. Margaret. Oh my god, <laughs> no, I am. I, I'm up to five now. <clears throat> yeah, you could conceivably. Do a reduction roll at this point and decide how you would like to betray your companions. I, I feel like I feel like now's the time to take some risks. Okay. So I'm gonna let it float. Okay. Alright. Uh, I do think Margaret is going to uh after being enveloped by this cloud, uh, I think they're gonna pull out their gun and just like panic and just start shooting wildly. Sure. Okay. Well, you're definitely risking mind and body. What do you think can go wrong? This is for everyone, by the way. You know, like, what could go wrong doing this? You could hit one of us. Yeah. That's I didn't most, want to say it, but... That's the most obvious thing. Yes, absolutely. The crowd could try to overpower you and take your gun. Yeah. Lose your gun. Yeah. The gun could not yeah, work. Yeah, the gun could not work. Like, um... 
it got wet. It got too wet. Yeah. Yeah. Like the clouds seeped into the bullets. Yeah. Or like other influences could could mess up the gun. I mean, I'm gonna say that like as my as my thing. Yeah, you're gonna lose the gun because the monstrous is gonna take it away from you. Okay. And then one light die, one dark die. Um, well, light die for the gun, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then dark die because you're risking mind and body. Um, devil's bargain. So no matter what, I'm going to say that you're going to get slapped with the same conditions as the townsfolk. So even if you're keeping your cool, you're keeping yourself together mentally, physically, you're going to start getting those same symptoms because you're in the monstrous right now. The, the precipitation, the, the, the essence of it has started to seep into your skin. So now you will, even though you're here, your body will show signs of being part of welcome. All right, I'll take that devil's bargain. Okay, so two light, one dark. Oh, uh, that's a six on a light die. Okay, I think that's a success if I recall correctly. Yeah, six, full success. Describe how you succeed, or you can ask me to do it. But I mean, like you know, you're shooting your gun. What's your what's your goal here? I mean, like, are you trying to break out of the monstrous and to get on the other side? Are you trying yeah, to just? I'm hoping that maybe I can make it dissipate somehow. Like I don't know. I'm like uh, maybe this thing's alive. Maybe the bullets will hurt it and it'll retreat. Okay. So what happens is gun works, sets off, and like I uh, you know however many bullets you use, whatever. It's almost like the monstrous will spit you out the other side. So you are no longer with your companions. You are no longer on the lakeside. You are actually now on the other side of this. You are back in evening darkness. Like, whatever time it is, it actually is. And it's hot. It's hot as hell. (laughs) No dampness, no nothing. Except for you. You raise your hands and your arms out of your poncho and you can see rivulets of water coming out you feel your face you can touch it and it feels like there's water so much bloat underneath and if you open your mouth to say something water will gush out of it dark water let's go back to the other team so scout Noah you heard the gunshots, but muffled. Like as if there was like gunfire on the other side of the monstrous. And then nothing more. What do you do? I think Scout kind of interprets that as Margaret has tried to shoot their way out of it and failed. And is going to be like, well, the cloud is a bad idea. And is going to go and try to pretend to like use their water bottle... Like, pretend to fill their water bottle with lake water, but it's actually just the water that they brought with them. And then drink that and try to try to fake people out into thinking that they're participating in the ritual. Okay. I think Noah's going to see Scout doing that. Um, maybe be fooled, I don't know. Um, and just go, okay. Okay. I want to go with you. Of course I do. But... There's people I should have brought. Maybe I can go get 
give me just give me just a moment. You go ahead and drink the water. I'll catch up. Uh, there's not a lot they can, they're gonna pull out their phone and be like, no, no, no. You go ahead. I'll catch up. Everything's fine. All right. So for Scout, risk roll, real quick, mm-hmm. because you know you're trying to get away with something, and it's like. Yeah, I think observation I was going to use as a mm-hmm. skill to be like, I'm observing them. Sure. I'm exor- observing the the motions of the ritual. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, again, I'm like if you put a decent spin on it, I will accept it. But again, you have to put a decent spin on it. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out what to do with my Sound of Storm ritual, but I don't think I don't think I can make that work. And I will say you're definitely risking, so you definitely take the dark die no matter what, because it's like you're... Hmm risking being found out do you want to try devil's bargain yeah let's go big okay so devil's bargain no matter what regardless of whether you succeed in fooling them or not the storm this water spout will will still have an opportunity to sweep you up because there are people pushing into the lake now to drink of the water and rejoin the rest of welcome that sounds about right let's do it okay so two light one dark uh okay well i got a six which also means my ruin goes to six and you are lost so you you think that you're doing okay by pretending not to drink the water but i think there's so many people pushing around you and just looking at the storm the water spout that they are pushing the water into your water bottle and you may or may not have realized it and you take a swig yeah, you see what they see now. You see that this water spout is a pathway up into the clouds, up into joining the rest of the people that are part of this primal memory, that are part of this ancient town that needed to be saved by joining the storm instead of dying so horribly the way they were dying back then. You are feeling this history. I mean, like, if you wanted to record a story, this is the story that you would be telling. Hmm. Kind of hard now since your camera's now underwater, but <laughs> <laughs> you are now lost. Yep. And Bye. Noah, you see this happen. I mean, basically, Scout drank the water and then he started to get the ecstasy look on his face the eyes rolled back in his head the mouth started gushing with water and he walked right into the spout and was driven into the spiral spooky (laughs) um Noah super doesn't want to drink the water now but I don't know if they can talk their way out of it you want to risk you want to do a risk roll it's a final risk roll yeah um yeah, let's do a... They're, they're trying to say, I'll join you in... A, they're trying to get everybody else to go first so they can try and run away, mm-hmm. which isn't going to work. Uh, so I think lying to be believed, uh, fooling all or some, uh, I can... If I'm lying to be believed, that is a ritual. Yes, so that would be definitely the dark die. Light die, I forget. You should have, like, the trickery... No. I have voice. Voice, yeah. You can totally... And see. improvisation. I'll, I'll, I'll accept either. I mean, that gets you the one light die. Now... Um, hmm. Devil's bargain, no matter what. I gotta think about this for a second. So, if anybody else has any other ideas for to offer up a devil's bargain, go for it. Let me think. Um, 
no matter what. I mean, the cloud is still encroaching. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's... I was going to say maybe no matter what, um, the cloud gets you. Well, I mean, like, you know, we could just take it right I mean, at that I'm... and then say you will be enveloped by the cloud. You don't know what that means until it happens. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, hang, hang back and walk behind, and that is where the cloud is coming mm-hmm. from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's, that's, that's going to, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so two light, one dark. Six. I have successfully walked into the spooky cloud. Yes, you have. Congratulations. But not the lake. Not the lake. But not the not lake. Not the lake, yeah. So when you go into the cloud, you also feel what Margaret went through, which is essentially like this puffy, soft thing, but yet it's it's enveloping you, going into your lungs and then hitting against your skin as droplets that are like uh, bursting and then being absorbed and then you know you feel the the fluid go into your nostrils through your mouth and perhaps even your eyes and you also get this primal memory of this people that was suffering so cataclysmically that they had to make this entreaty for something to save them and the bargain struck was agreeing to go into the storm and being part of the storm and being renewed and rejoined every few decades to keep the cycle going. Do you try to come out of the cloud or do you try to stay in, seeing and feeling this? Because they're having that primal mer- memory, Noah, Noah feels like they're, they're going to die if they don't join this ritual. I think they're going to turn right around and walk back to the lake. The monstrous feels this and allows you out. You don't suffer the conditions necessarily that 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 uh, Margaret did. You will start feeling like you know you're you're uh, dripping rivulets from your open skin. Mm-hmm. But you are able to go down to the lake if you want and join the last of the people that are drinking the water and, and going into the spout. Yeah. Um I think Noah's going to take a second um, and sort of sit at the edge of the mm-hmm. lake and watch the rivulets coming out of their skin and realize that they couldn't substitute anyone else for Benny. Um, and they're going to take out their phone, and I don't know if their phone is working because everything's weird here, but they're going to send a text to Benny that says, family is family, and I am welcome here. And that's how we'll close that out for Ring 5. Now, this is your opportunity to do epilogues. So, you can say how life has been affected by your loss. So, you can epilogue those that you've left behind after this point of returning to welcome. Or, if you survived which Margaret did, what you're doing now. Um, I just have a, a question, I think. Yeah. Um, so the effects of that last devil's bargain for me, is that permanent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, okay, then I, I think I know what happens or what I, what I think happens. Okay, that's fine. I think uh, <clears throat> Margaret, uh, think, like, 
at first thinks if if they pull off the the poncho and just like expose as much of themselves to the the like the dry and the hot air they'll be okay and they start just running and uh i think they get up to like the top of the hill and trip and fall and as soon as they hit the ground uh they burst like a water balloon and um just kind of leave this like person shaped wet spot that eventually evaporate and i don't know if anyone will ever find their their clothes or their gun or or their backpack or anything but um i think that margaret van lock is never seen or heard from again cut to some apartment in some city somewhere uh that is not welcome and noah's cousin benny is i think sitting in front of the tv watching something that noah used to like to watch or you know still does as far as benny is concerned uh and his phone dings and he opens it up and sees that text from noah and then something drips on the phone and there are rivulets running from his arms i think for for scout i was trying to think of a way to get that memory card back to kitty but i really don't think there is a way out for it it's gone so i think um I think that she just kind of, like, you see her, like, packing up Scout's desk and, like, filing the stuff away. But I think in the town of Welcome, we see, like, a maybe slightly idealized. I've been kind of picturing, like, almost like a, like, 50s or 60s vibe. And there's a a storefront that now says, like, the Welcome, the Welcome Picayune. And there's a Scout tapping away at an old typewriter and, like, getting a really old-timey camera together to go out and, like, record the day's happenings in what is now sort of Welcome Reborn, which may or may not exist in the cloud or in reality or somewhere. There is Scout, the the new reporter, head reporter. Of the Cloud Tribune. And that is the end of our playthrough of this rooted-in-trophy playtest pack of (laughs) trophy dark have a wonderful afternoon evening thank you again so much i appreciate you guys so much and um again hopefully we play together real soon yes yeah thanks for thanks for running this this was great thank you yeah oh thank you i mean again i mean like play test holy crap i mean like you know your patience alone it's like stars absolutely The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Storelli. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event. And you can even buy our team members a Kofi. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2022. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.